We here at Sports Best Friends acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the traditional custodians of the land, water and sky throughout Australia on which we record. We recognise their strength, diversity, resilience and deep connection to country. We pay our respects to Elders of the past, present and future as they hold the memories, knowledge and spirit of Australia. Welcome back to the Big Cat Chat, the podcast all about the Penrith Panthers. My name is Jack Martin and I'm joined by my co-host Nat Sinclair. How are you, Nat? Great, Jack. How are you? I'm very good. Um, a big episode this week, isn't it? We have two guests. Very exciting. Well, let's introduce them. The first one is the lovely, the beautiful... Um, I don't know how I could love this person more or want to spend any more time for the rest of my life with them. Uh, welcome, Josh. <laughs> Thanks, mate. How are you going? I'm good, mate. I am good. How are you? Very well. Very well. Good day. Yep. You uh, you gotten over the weekend? Yeah, surprisingly took it really well. Um, I guess we can get into it later, but I was pretty happy overall. Usually mm-hmm. a you know, pretty upset after losses, but um, can't complain too much. Well, I think us three were the only three fans involved in that game that didn't spend the next few days just getting in arguments on Twitter with each other. About refereeing decisions. Yeah. <laughs> Which we can dissect into a bit mm. later, but yeah. <laughs> we chose peace. We chose peace. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also alongside us is coming back for the second time, our first ever return guest on the podcast. <laughs> it is my girlfriend, Victoria. Hi. Hello, how guess, are you? I guess it's easy when all I have to do is come from the other room. Yeah, all I had to do was grab a second chair. Grab her arm, yeah. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks yeah. for having me back. Oh, no worries, no worries. Um, you begged, so. I did not. Actually, it was... <laughs> Can I be honest? It was Nat's idea. Ah, <laughs> it was, it was. Uh, yes, so we got both these guests on because Josh is, of course, a Sharks fan and Vic is a Parramatta fan. And it's been a pretty big week involving the Panthers with those two clubs. But I'll tell you what, it's been a much bigger week in the NRL in general, especially these last 24 hours, hasn't it? I can't. Where do you start? Honestly. I- um, I'm exhausted from being outraged, okay. but I still have the fuel in me. <laughs> it, well, it's like, it's such a weird mix of things that are kind of funny and things that are just really depressing. And then things that just make you extremely angry. Yeah. And the big combination. Like, yeah. It's, it's almost easy to forget about some of the things. So I thought I would sort of just go through them in chronological order Mm. Um, probably the one that most people didn't know happened, and I didn't even know happened. Um, Corey Waddell has been charged for eye gouging. Mm. This is literally the first I've heard of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's been referred straight to the judiciary. That's not good. No. no, no. And, and it's on. I mean, he's pretty. He's- He's pretty low down the naughty list right now, but um, yeah. in any given week, we hate to see it. If you're going to eye gouge, this was the week to do it, honestly. 
Yeah, he's sweeping it under the carpet, yeah, really, without even having to do anything. Timed his run beautifully there, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, it's well done, Corey. <laughs> not that we support it. Sorry, yeah, not like, well done, Corey. Is, is anything even going to happen to him? Like, are they just going to forget about it on the night? Oh, yeah, he shows up suit and tie and they're like, yeah. oh, crap, that We're was busy, on. guys, we're busy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I'll be honest, I have nothing to add to that because I haven't even seen the incident. All I know is it was on Tino. Either. Yeah, so it was a bit of a bulldog's revenge thing. Well, that's if he, like, if it was intentional. Yes, true, true. Um, that's a good point. We should state that. Uh, former Penrith legend Corey Waddell. <laughs> uh, I don't think he ever played first grade for us, actually, but, you know. No, he didn't. No, uh, he didn't. Um, um, look, I like to think that it's not in his nature to, to do something, yeah. you know. But at the same time, I don't want to be one of the who's not who's go people. Um, but yeah, you know what? I can't say a word because I haven't seen it. So I'm not going to say a word. You didn't even know about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't even know about it. <laughs> can't defend it. I did see it. I did see it. I, I saw it. I was watching the game and when it happened, I thought nothing of it. And then the more they showed it, the more I was kind of like, that's not great. Um, it's, it's just super hard to tell um, on intent, I guess, with... Um, where his hands were, but you'd like to think that you know when your hand is on someone's face and possibly yeah, in their yeah, eyeballs. Yeah. So Tino kind of, because they asked Tino about it as well, and he seemed to like kind of brush it off. He's like, oh, you know, you don't know where your hands are sometimes and played like, you know, the good guy. But I mean, he looked pretty angry when it happened. So I don't know. just I have just to wait like and see. When you've got like a six foot four, whatever person, you have a general idea where on their body you're touching them. Yeah. That sounded worse than it was meant to. <laughs> yeah, you looked me in the eyes as you said that. So. <laughs> I mean, the irony is that we're talking about two men touching each other right now. Oh, right. Yeah, what yeah. we're going to talk about very <laughs> soon. <laughs> the seven manly players have logged off this chat. Now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've dropped in. We've dropped in listenership in the Warringah region. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Um, Best of luck to Corey on that, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, the next thing, um, I'd, I'd like to um, introduce this, then let Nat just yell about it for about 10 minutes, and then we'll get everyone else's comments this. on I it. I this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cowboys versus Tigers. Um, what happened, Nat? <laughs> so I, I've never done this before in the history of this podcast. I've taken, I've put down notes to make sure I don't go off on a tangent. <laughs> History of because this I, yeah, all, all, all year of it. Um, 15 episodes. Um, yeah. Because otherwise we are not going to have any time to talk about anything else. So I'll make it nice and quick-ish. Um, the decision that happened yesterday is inexcusable. The press conference that followed it today made it 10 times worse. And if I'm the Tigers watching that press conference when they already said they're exploring legal avenues, would make me think I am firming my view that I'm going to push this forward because if that is all the NRL has to defend this, the Tigers will win their case if they push it through. Um, the biggest issue I have with it, um, and this is coming from a Penrith fan, obviously, so I know that we do cop good decisions frequently. I'm very, very aware of that. And I'm also very aware that there is a kind of bad team bias in the competition I really strongly believe that it's subconscious. I don't think there's match fixing. I don't think the referees go out there and want a certain team to win. 
But I also think in their head, when you're going to referee the Cowboys versus Tigers match, you naturally think the Cowboys are probably going to run away with this. So potentially when the Tigers, you know, look like they're going to win the game, you're going to be a little bit more um, aware of reasons why the Cowboys may be able to take that win than if it was reversed. Um, I truly think that if it was reversed and it was the Tigers that were on the the Cowboys end, I don't think the challenge would have been allowed. And I'm sure, I'm absolutely sure that the bunker decision would be very different. Um, The bunker decision is one thing. They came out today and said it was incorrect. I think probably 90% of people wouldn't see that as an obstruction or escort penalty. At the same time, there is an element of subjectivity, which is something we have to accept. There are poor calls all the time in the NRL. If we were to focus just on that bad decision, I don't think that's sufficient to be talking about overturning games and things like that, even though it happened technically after the game, because that opens a can of worms in terms of subjectivity and opinion, which is always going to happen with referees. They're not robots. The biggest issue I have is the fact that the captain's challenge was allowed. The excuse the NRL gave today seemed to be focusing on this idea that you can challenge it if there's going to be a structured restart of play. And they said that there was going to be a structured restart of play because of the penalty, and that's what arises from a penalty. But what they completely missed was the fact that the penalty wasn't given. It's very different to if the penalty was given and then they're challenging the call of the penalty. Instead, they're challenging a non-existent call, and that's not something that has been allowed in the history of the captain's challenge. We've seen frequently players starting to give away penalties so they have a reason to go back and challenge the play before that. But you have to, he actually have to have a decision there to challenge before you can challenge it. And there was no decision here. And that's something that hasn't been responded to yet. And it's black and white, illegal in terms of the rules of the captain challenging. And I think the NRL should have gotten on the front foot today. Like this is going to sound batshit crazy, but I genuinely think the NRL would have been better off overturning the decision. And I've seen a lot of people say they can't do that because it's going to open a can of worms and it's going to set a dangerous precedent. And that is 100% correct if it was a subjective call. But it was, to me, it was a failure of process and that's something totally different. Um, An AFL example was shown to me where they overturned the result four days after the game because the referee called time 10 seconds after the clock had actually run out and a team scored in that 10 seconds. So the result got changed. For me, it's quite similar to this in that it's, you can't, even though the NRL have tried, by their own rules, you can't defend the captain challenge being allowed. And there's no um, ambiguity or guessing what would have happened. It's not in the middle of the game. It's not with one second to go. Even with one second to go, with one play to go, I would never say overturn the result. I'm saying it because the game was over and the allowing of the captain challenge led to them losing that game. I know it's the Tigers, and I know it doesn't necessarily affect them in terms of the ladder, but it now does affect the top four. You've got all the teams below the Cowboys up to about seventh, I think up to Parramatta, who are affected by this decision because it is so close. The race was so open for the top four, and now they're two points ahead of where they should be, which means the difference between a team potentially coming fourth or fifth and getting eliminated in the first week of the finals or having a second chance. That's really serious, and we can't allow the precedent for this sort of thing to be allowed to happen and nothing to be done about it. That's my thoughts on it. <laughs> I'm finished. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty comprehensive. Um, 
it's interesting what you were saying about the failure of process and that being where there could be, I guess, the the avenue for them to go down legally. Um, yeah, and I, I say that because we don't see a failure of process frequently. This is not something I don't think that would open a can of worms. Um, yeah. We see bad calls all the time, all the time. But a failure of process that directly led to a team losing and another team gaining those two points when they shouldn't have if the proper process was followed is not something I've ever seen. So yeah. I don't think it's opening a can of worms because it's not something we see every week. Yeah, and it's interesting the way that you were talking about um, subconscious bias as well because yeah. studies have shown as well as um, bias towards big teams, there's bias towards home teams as well. Yeah. And it was an interesting leveler they found um, across world sports once um, coronavirus hit and a lot of sports were played without fans. Um, mm. And like studies have shown that on average, an extra 10,000 fans at a home game adds an extra decision that's favorable towards the home team. And you're right, like they are humans, they're not robots. And so yeah. while I think it is an absolutely ludicrous decision for Chris Butler to send that up as a captain's challenge. And he really shouldn't have it. Like it's almost worse that Ashley Klein was in the bunker and allowed that to go ahead. He should have My biggest... or, like gotten in his ear and told him that you cannot do that. Here's the problem I have with this as well. And this is where I think the blame lies with Ashley Klein a lot more than Chris Butler, Ashley Klein, you know how after the game, when he blew that short whistle or whatever it was. Um, and then he was like tapping his ear and he was trying to listen to the bunker. Ashley Klein was telling him the Cowboys have a challenge left. The Cowboys have a challenge left. Naturally as a human, oh. I'm hearing, I'm not thinking that the challenge is illegal. If the bunker is telling me that like is alerting me to that fact. So I think in Chris's mind, coupled with the fact that it's this topsy-turvy result, I think he's panicking because he's like, oh, my God, the Cowboys are in line for the top. Well, this is an important game for them. The bunker's telling me they've got a challenge left. Chad's coming at me saying I want a challenge. Let him challenge. And I think that's a lot for one person to just think of, you know, all the things immediately in that minute. But why was the bunker saying that? He had no right to say that. That's not something where the bunker can interfere. And that's where the problem lies with Ashley Klein. And the fact that the NRL are doubling down so much on this because they're scared of legal recourse from the Tigers, that they're not even punishing or dropping Ashley Klein, it is ridiculous. They should have gotten on the front foot and actually taken some accountability because right now it's just like, I know the Tigers will probably get the wooden spoon regardless, but that was an amazing win for them. It's like the reverse to what we do usually see from the Tigers. They claw their way back. And that's something that's so rare for their, those fans. So why are we saying that win doesn't matter for you guys because you're last? Are we mm -hmm. going to say now, okay, Penrith have sewn up the minor premiership basically. So do our games not matter from here on in? No one's going to say that. So why are we saying that to the team coming last? And that's the message that I'm getting from the NRL. The thing is though, they're only coming last now because of that. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, the Titans lost as well. For me, like the, the Titans right now should hundred percent be the bottom of the ladder and like before you said all oh, this doesn't really this probably doesn't affect the tigers season for me it, it i think it massively does because that's one thing that even though it's not one of those things where you genuinely get like you know kicked mm -hmm. out if you get a the spoon. wooden spoon or anything like that <laughs> yeah that's yeah 
on in the history books that you got the wooden yeah. spoon that year. And if you look at the Titans and the Tigers right now, Tigers are only last because of point differential, but they should be on greater points. So the Titans should obviously be last. And when you look at the final draw, they actually have quite similar draws in the sense that it's kind of a a mixed bag and I looked at it and like obviously you can never actually judge and that's why like predictor ladder is always so like or ladder predictor I mean Mm. is always so like flawed Mm. you can't actually predict but realistically both teams could win maybe two more games that still puts Tigers last and they shouldn't be they should be two points after that so if they end up getting the wooden spoon on equal points as the Titans then there could be a whole new issue in the fact that they shouldn't now have their names marked in the history books as the 2022 wooden spooners so like obviously it's a bigger issue in the sense of like who gets the home final who get, who gets top four la 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 mm. but also we're talking about a, a struggling club a massively struggling club also now potentially having that like their their name tarnished when they shouldn't really 15th obviously isn't great either but it's still not the wooden spoon I can't tell you who what got the wooden I can tell you who got the wooden spoon in 2018 but I can't tell you who got 15th yeah but also as well like wins at the end of one season can build you to the to next season yeah. and right now the Tigers after it was their best performance probably one of their best performances of the season um it would have taken so many like so much guts to get back in that game like they did and it is so, I was so deflated and I have no skin in this game. Penrith are like one of the only teams that have zero skin in this because we are above the Cowboys and I felt so deflated. So I can't imagine how Tigers fans feel. I think even Cowboys fans, I mean, I'd be embarrassed. It's not even, it's not their fault, but I'd be so embarrassed to be wrapped up in something like no, this. I don't and then think you've got Sharks. Are. Yeah, I would be. Then you've got Sharks, yeah, Broncos, Storm, Rabbitohs. And, yeah. <laughs> But then you've got these other teams, you know, in contention for the four and, you know, teams like the Rabbitohs and the Eels down there, like this affects everybody and like everything to the side, it's the integrity of the competition. Um, and I was really disappointed with the NRL's reaction. Um, I understand that they uh, didn't want to come out and say we did the wrong thing because they don't want that to be used as evidence against them if the Tigers do sue them. But I truly think if the Tigers sue them, they win. So it would have been smarter for everybody and cheaper if they just overturned the result now. Cause I honestly think that might happen anyway. Yeah. Um, and it's going to cost the NRL a lot of money. Tigers, they've got lawyers as their main sponsors. It's not going to cost them that much. Yeah. You know, Brian, they'll do it pro bono. So they'll do right it now. for free. Yeah. This is yeah. like Lee's like revenge. <laughs> He's going to finally get his time in the sun. Um, I wish I was still working there to be honest. This is the thing. Let me like, it. <laughs> what you're saying, like you felt so deflated, like Jack and I were like just having a lovely dinner at a Chinese restaurant. And we, like, we're not spending the entire night just sitting on our phones, just like blowing up about the whole situation. And I think I, I feel like I can speak for a lot of people when I say this, that, Obviously, first and foremost, I'm a Parramatta fan. But at the end of the day, if rugby league doesn't succeed, Parramatta can't succeed. So, yep. oh, shut up! <laughs> no, but what I'm ta- saying is, if if this this stuff happens constantly, the game in itself fails, and the game is failing with this. If you can't even get a call like that correct, 
how 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 are we meant to take this game internationally like everyone wants so badly how is how is any of that meant to happen when yeah you can't get simple calls like when can you challenge something correct because it's so evident now that so many of the referees don't know when a challenge is or isn't allowed because we've seen it we've seen challenges get allowed one week mm. and then the exact same play yeah. happens two weeks later and all of a sudden they're told no 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 you can't challenge that and captains are standing there going what do you mean yeah what? I did yes. last week, you know, mm. like they, they did the same thing last week and it was allowed. And then the next week it's not allowed. And for me, it was really frustrating listening to um, Graham talk about the fact that it's not black and white. Well, it is black and white. It's yeah. black and white. that what happened is not allowed. So the it issue, is black and white. If it's not black and white, that's their fault. They need to make it black and white. Yeah. And that's the thing but where like, I'm like. It's, on my reading of it, it's extremely black and white. It's extremely yeah. black and white. I, I think so up. too. And like whenever I'm saying, yeah. oh, you know, it'll open up a, a what's it called? A can yeah, of worms. A dangerous open precedent, it. blah, blah, blah. Me, yeah, I'm and saying you know open what? it. It's, it's a more dangerous precedent for me that this decision has been allowed to get through with no ramifications. Because yeah. honestly, if this happens in a grand final, it is their fault and their fault alone now. And yeah. I think that there's a lot of talk about, oh, the precedent, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so we're going to let this go then. Is that the precedent yeah. we're setting? Yeah. Because it is, I am not a ref's falter and I don't believe in bad calls deciding games a lot of the time. I think a lot of the time, you know, for example, if a penalty is given, that's a really ridiculous penalty, and then a try is scored straight after, well, the penalty isn't the fault of your team for stopping defending. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. they still they still let them score that try. But this yeah. is a scenario where we know with absolute certainty what the it's result would be. And yeah. that's why for me, it's not a dangerous, it is not a dangerous precedent because I'm happy yeah. to have any game that's decided by a ref's result where we would know the result with absolute certainty be, to be overturned. Yeah, and I'm telling like, you, it won't happen all the time. It will not happen again. Yeah. And people saying like, oh, you know, bad calls are made all the time. Like, yeah, sure. In the 17th minute or like, yeah, sure. Exactly. When the team is already down by, tw by 22 points, that sort of thing. I'm sorry. For as long as I've watched, and I know it hasn't been that long, I've never seen that happen. So, like, I've I'm never sorry, that happen. doesn't happen every week. They, they compare it to, I've seen a lot of comparisons to the six again, and it's totally different because the right. six again happened, I think, in the 65th minute, right? Yeah. And straight after the six again um, debacle, the Roosters did score, but the Raiders didn't tackle them. That's yeah. their fault. And like, they also had yeah. 15 minutes to remedy there were so the many situation so many incidents in that game, yeah. like the whole, like, the, Leilua should have yeah. passed the ball, that, that one. The, yeah. And the yes. six again. Yes. The six again, they ended up getting the right call. They just went through the wrong process. Yeah, it was communicating differently. And, and it was still wrong. It was the yeah. wrong call. Whereas, yeah. It did not decide. This one, you can't tell me that decided the grand final. It did not decide no, the grand final. No, it didn't. This one, this one, the execution was wrong. The decision was wrong. It was just, oh, it's been handled. It was all wrong. There's so many ways to it. Everything has yeah. been wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Gosh, I'm I was done. wondering, um, this could potentially cost your team a home final. How does yes. that make you feel? Well, I tried. I tried not to look at it that way through my sharks color lens. I tried to look Apologies. at it just as a, <laughs> as a as a rugby league fan. Like first of all, it just really pissed me off. And then and then you and but those are the ramifications, right? Like after you're angry and you go, oh, actually, this could this has huge ramifications for our season as well. Like we are now third, two points behind when we should have been third and equal. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's, that's huge yeah. at this point of the season. We don't, there's not many games left for people to drop. And that was a huge game for them to drop against a poor team. So like you can, you can expect possibly to, for them to lose against a big team. I don't know what their draws like, but like, that's, that's one we didn't bank on them losing. That was, and mm -hmm. especially when we lost this week against the team, we like most likely were going to lose to, that was like, that was a huge bonus for us. 
And now, like we've got to, we've got to hope they drop another game that we can pick up when they shouldn't have. Yeah, because it, so, it, yeah, it flips that Sharks, um, Cowboys fixture if the latter stays as is, and Sharks playing at home against the Cowboys at Shark Park in Week One of the Finals is so different to playing up in Townsville. Mm. Yeah, well, we, I think we'd have to play Allianz, but the point still stands. Yeah. Oh, we'd yeah, be at right. home. Yeah, we'd yeah. have we'd have thirty thousand people there, you know, Sharks fans as opposed to thirty thousand Cowboy fans. Yeah, that's it's massive. Good. That's it's and massive. So many, like little layers to it as well. Like round twenty five, the Cowboys play in Townsville. Week one of the finals, if they're in Townsville, it just saves them that one day of travel as well. Like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. it's like little An things like that. Just that those, yeah. those little extra things now that are gonna end up being spoken about when they shouldn't be. Yeah. And I think we're all talking about the results of all of this and like all of the knock-on effects, but I think I wouldn't even care if this was, let me look at the ladder in front of me, if it was Knights versus Warriors, a total nothing game that would have no impact yeah. on the ladder. We still should come at it with the same energy because allowing it to happen, it just means it's our own fault. It's the NRL's own fault if this happens in a finals game. Um, and that to me is a dangerous precedent. That's the dangerous precedent, not overturning the result. Yeah. If you have no integrity as a sport, you don't have a sport, right? Like you've got to have a set of exactly. standards that this is what we stand for as a code and that winning a game fairly, like the Tigers did, they won that game, like yeah. pure and simple in my eyes. They won, that game was over. They, they could, it there was. wasn't even any debate about it because they caught the ball and were held. Yeah. Dan yeah. Laurie was, was held with the ball. The game's over. And then the soft whistle thing, has anyone ever heard that term before? Maybe I haven't, and I'm just oh, ignorant. Know how to blow a whistle correctly? Like, <laughs> well, yeah. they, they pointed, I mean, I saw. They pointed out that it did happen with the Canberra Dragons game. There was a soft whistle and then the final whistle. Um, but I'm like, I'd never heard of that until this happened. And those are the that was the only other example I could find. So I'm like, why don't yeah. you just blow the whistle the, properly then? The thing is, like... It, it just still proves that it, it's again the the bunker intervening because if it was the soft mm. you blew the soft whistle basically to say like this is going to be checked and it that's where you get Ashley Klein involving himself when like I I, 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 I yeah I, I can't say whether or not I know whether he was allowed to say like oh this needs to be reviewed they're but not allowed the only, not yeah allowed. the only way yeah. it could have been reviewed was through a captain's challenge which is what you mentioned before in that where it's like that was where because you can hear him going I can't hear you I can't hear you and he's like yes mm-hmm. he's freaking out and uh, despite all this I do kind of feel bad for him in that moment because well, he's got Ashley Klein screaming at him in his ear. You've got a crowd in um, North Queensland going crazy. You've got the Tigers players going crazy. You've got Chad Townsend. Imagine Chad, Chad Townsend in your face. That would make anyone should them. He's smart with referees. <laughs> don't make well. me think. Don't make me think of him again. <laughs> um, and so you've got all this happening that, and like this is a a, a ref who hasn't exactly, you know, done amazingly this year. Like P- Tigers and Para fans saw it when he roughed us at Leichhardt like he unfortunately made some dreadful decisions and at least it didn't define a game but like I did walk away from that game going "Ooh, I hope something he does doesn't now define a game and this has been yeah one of the like yeah biggest you know issues to cop in in many years but I can't help it I kind of feel bad for him in that moment and yeah that's where it's like it's like he blew the whistle to let Ashley Klein control the game basically. And also, he's he, a he, relatively new ref. Imagine yeah, the respect yeah, he, he would is. have for Ashley Klein as one of the more senior mm. refs. Well, I mean, that, going you hear so that. he would he would hear that and yeah, like, you go, hear that I hear what on so says. many levels, like in so many jobs yeah. where 
senior authorities take over and basically frighten younger ones who are meant to be the ones making the decision and they make decisions that they shouldn't make. And this is where I think the subconscious bias came in because I think with all this happening in his head, he's thinking, he's seeing a headline tomorrow which says, you know, Cowboys drop out of the four or Cowboys, you know, four cha- top four chances are shaken up because of a bad refereeing call. So he's in his mm. head, he's thinking, oh, my God, if I get this wrong, he's not thinking the Tigers will have a reason to complain because he doesn't think there is an important in that moment. Yeah. But he's thinking the Cowboys, oh, no. And yeah. that's where that's the conscious bias comes in. Yeah. You could see the panic in his eyes, oh, like with that yeah. moment, he yeah. was crapping himself because he knew it was a massive call, and I think he didn't want to get it wrong. Yeah. But yeah. the thing I want to um, corroborate with you guys is when the NRL initially released a statement last night, they said that the decision was Chad Townsend was challenging the decision of full time being blown, which they yeah. are saying wasn't blown in the first place, but we'll let that go. And then Chad saying in the presser that he was challenging the escort. So the stories escort. don't match up. Yeah, yeah, but the NRL didn't say that. They in their in know, the original statement, they said that it, he was challenging the full-time whistle, but they didn't blow the full-time whistle anyway. So, but this is the other thing as well. Like if you look at both of those outcomes, right? If he's challenging the full-time whistle, that's not something you can challenge because that doesn't um that doesn't come with a structured restart. Yeah. If exactly. he's if he's challenging a penalty, the escort, he can't because there was no escort penalty There's given. no stoppage of So play. on both exactly on both those, the NRL seemed to be running with this line in Into your way with the premiership. I'm no expert. I just love the game. But more than that, I love the community. If you're a fan of Rugby League or the NRL, you'll love Big T's Tees. Unique, affordable and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's Tees. Well, is, is, is there warnings on swearing, by the way? Is there, how, no. What's the go there? Swear okay. away. Yeah, we're allowed okay. to swear. Okay, um, yeah. cool. Yeah. I'll, try, I'll try to keep it to a minimum. <laughs> Uh, all right, so I've started up again. Nat. So, Nat, do you remember exactly where you were? <laughs> word for word. No, I don't. I feel like we should should we move on to the next issue? Okay. <laughs> I feel drained. <laughs> okay. uh, T, if you are able to cut that in some magical way, that's great. If not, <laughs> someone you can just, just do a, someone just do a concluding sentence to give T a little okay. bit of an easier job. I'll conclude. The NRL. I'll conclude. Okay, a sentence, yeah. Nat, not, not a paragraph. <laughs> a sentence. Yes. Yes. Not an okay, do we do it now? I'll do it now. Okay, I'll do it now. Um, moral of the story is that it was a very disappointing decision, made even more disappointing by the NRL's reaction. And I think every fan, not just Tigers fans, and not just fans that are affected by it in terms of the top four, have every right to lose faith in the NRL because of this. Well okay. said. <laughs> All right, well, on to the slightly funnier story out of the lot. <laughs> Kevin Proctor. <laughs> like, at a, you know, he's been, as far as I believe, he was available for selection, but not included in that game. So he was sitting, you know, in the stands as his Gold Coast Titans were losing to the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs at Combank Stadium. Uh, a smoke-free stadium, by the way, which includes mm. vapes. And at halftime, he decided to go to a toilet cubicle, more than likely in the team change rooms while they were, you know, getting ready for the second half. And film himself for his Instagram story having a go on his vape. 
As a result, he has now been stood down from all duties for the rest of the season, which will see out his contract with the Titans and most likely with the NRL. Where do we start with this? Because I can't stop laughing when I think about it, I'll be honest. The, the funny thing is it's so like not even just that he was vaping, it's he filmed himself and like mm-hmm. in his video, it's him like, like being cheeky about it yeah like old man yeah. like helping a puppy he's like it's clearly him going wow my team sucks like i have yeah. to suck yeah. on my vape let me send it to everyone who follows me on instagram clearly <laughs> meant for his yeah he's clearly meant for his yeah. close friends instagram story by the but way he's so dumb yeah <laughs> he couldn't even get that he's right like so i mean I, part of me thinks is he that dumb or, or was this a aggravated release because i'm like this is so stupid that the only logical thing, even for NRL players who may not, not all of them, I'm not saying all of them, some of them are very bright, but there's a few of them that aren't the brightest cookies in the pack. But even for those, I'm thinking this is beyond stupid. This yeah. almost seems intentional. And to that, I just think, what a flop. It's honestly. not exactly like this is his first time doing something dumb, though. Yes. But even his first time doing like, something dumb on camera. Yeah. How old is this? I'm going to Google. Is this man in his 30s? Like, yeah, he's 33, imagine, I believe. If this is true. Oh, my God. If this, He's 33 years old. Imagine being like, I am yeeting off to the UK next year, but I don't want to stick around for an extra six weeks in the Titans, so I'm going to vape at halftime knowing that they will have no choice and whack it on Instagram. Like, grow up. So what? He got caught in 2015 racking up in front of a security camera in Canberra. At the bar. Yep. Then what? Again. Two years ago, in plain view of the the Fox League cameras, bites Sean Johnson's arm. I was there. I saw it. He's guilty. Yep. Maybe he thought it was a vape. And now, well, yeah, maybe, yeah. Sean Johnson is smoking hot, but he's not quite a vape. <laughs> and then what films himself vaping? We just need to take all items with cameras away from Kevin Proctor, send him back to the 1800s or something like that. He'll be much safer to just be the idiot he is. Legit. He is an idiot. And I loved the Gold Coast statement as well. There was none, none of the whole, we wish him well or anything yeah. like that. It's like, it. he's gone. Yeah. Oh, I've read it to you. I've got it in front of you. It yeah, almost had as much spite as the Bulldogs Matt Dufty statement. Oh, it was literally like, uh, we hate him. The end. Anyway, that's what I read from it. It says, the Gold Coast Titans have sanctioned Kevin Proctor after being made aware of an incident during yesterday's Round 19 fixture against the Bulldogs. Proctor has been released from his commitments with the club for the remainder of the year and will not return to train or play with the squad. The end. <laughs> no, men- no mention of his Oh, actually, there's one little sentence at the end saying his actions were in breach of both NRL and stadium regulations. You know, That's stick it. the final dagger in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like, he's a dickhead. We're so glad he's gone. Sorry, everybody. Toodaloo. That's what that says. That's so funny. I'd love for Combank Stadium to give him like a stadium ban in case like he does suck something. the NRL. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, for smoking in the yeah, yeah, and he can't play like the first game back at Combank Stadium or something because he's banned. <laughs> oh, it's just exhausting. It's like, also, like, why is it? Why? Why are you 33 and thinking you're this, like, how is that a funny thing to put on your Insta? Like, come on. <laughs> like, I just. I love that's what you're I fixated don't... on. <laughs> I'm just so confused. Like, I'm just like, where was the, like, the risk versus reward for these was so far apart. Like, I just don't just, get it. If you're going to do it, at least make it funny. Like, it wasn't even funny. I know. Like, it wasn't funny. <laughs> that's what I'm confused about. It was- 
Boomer humor, yeah. yeah. Halftime teens. Yeah, it was boomer humor. <laughs> yeah, like, if you're going to go out, like, go out in flames, not vapor. Like, we're only laughing a, because it's so ridiculous. Yeah, you know, like, Get the quadruple on the cameras. Make a gay porno and send it to Manly. That's the way you want to go out these days. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> a good segue. <laughs> Great yes, segue. that is a good segue. Uh, On to, um, yeah, I guess... Uh, less funny things um a story that started off as such a amazingly positive mm. news story was yesterday it came out that the manly warringah sea eagles were going to be playing this friday is it thursday 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 against the sydney roosters at home wearing a jersey that represented the colors of the pride flag yeah it, but although they're not calling it like a pride no, jersey there's no. was like equality everybody like jersey yeah. yeah yeah something it, uh, yeah i can't remember the exact it was an everybody that was the the wording was like it's an everyone jersey yeah, um, yeah. So, so yeah they haven't even said themselves like pride but obviously because no. it's a rainbow hmm. flag yeah um yeah. yeah it's pretty clear but yeah it was it clear. also looks stunning the jersey's gorgeous yeah. oh, <laughs> it, nice is, jersey. it is beautiful <laughs> and it's yeah. such a positive step forward because mainly were the first club and the only club so far to have ever had an openly out as gay player yeah. in the NRL yeah. men's competition anyway, Ian Roberts. Yep. Yeah. And so, you know, they have a history with being, you know, progressive in this nature. And yeah, they, it was, as like we said, it didn't, it said equality for everyone or whatever, but it was clearly representative of the LGBTIQA plus community. Um. And it was such a nice story. Obviously, occasionally with these things, you sometimes see a few dickheads, you know, who decide to be a vocal minority and say awful things. And it was all right because we're all just going to ignore them for the most part and enjoy what a lovely yeah. thing it is. And we didn't even get 24 hours of that before no. we got reports that seven players were threatening to boycott the game or were asking to play in the normal manly home jersey because of i believe it's stated because of religious beliefs well a re- like it's been mixed it's also just been said because they weren't consulted yeah but like oh my god where good out like, like since when do clubs consult players on what they think about jerseys <laughs> like that's not a player i don't get consulted before do you guys want to wear the indigenous jersey do you guys want to wear the women in league jersey because guess what all of these jerseys are positive exactly and that's why they're not getting consulted that, that was how originally it was being like kind of sugar-coated in in a way was yeah oh, it, they're just upset they weren't consulted but mm. yeah it's obviously progressed to be like a lot worse than that and that i, 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 I think, would believe it's yeah. religious i think that's a saying. i think that's a cop-out excuse yeah. from them to yeah. say they weren't consulted anyway if yeah. i'm being honest um i am so embarrassed by all of this yeah and it's since been revealed in the last few minutes while we're recording lucky we didn't record during the day like we normally do hey nat well, we would have had nothing to talk about i know like <laughs> oh, half I would have stories three hours about the time. <laughs> kevin proctor yeah, would have had a job still like it would have been <laughs> oh, God. three yeah yeah <laughs> uh the seven players uh have been confirmed and confirmed also that they won't play this weekend they've stood down yes by yes. the support of des hasler yes with the support of their coach um it's josh aloye well done mate yep <laughs> josh aloye jason saab christian tuipalotu josh shuster Halmole olokawatu tolatau kula and tofoa sipley 
So we finally have the names of all the players that have. And I'm so disappointed in them. In a weird way, I'm kind of glad that we know that they have these views now so that mm. I can know not to like them. Mm. But mm. God, I wish they would have just shut up about it. Yeah, this, is, this isn't a thing that has, like, this isn't, un- unfortunately, this isn't, like, a new issue. Like, mm-hmm. when, obviously, mm-hmm. Israel Folau, despite being a different yeah. code, when everything with that blew up, I remember I went back and forth, you know, <laughs> until my face was red with about mm-hmm. this sort of situation. And unfortunately, I can't have everyone have the same beliefs as me. But yeah. at the end of the day, they are employees of a company that have clearly stated that they have like rules and regulations regarding this sort of stuff and that was the whole issue with Falau was that he breached his contract and that's why he was allowed to be sacked essentially um and I remember having a conversation with someone where it was like you as sad as it is you have to accept that there would be someone in the club that you support that would be against same-sex marriage that would have these views and I'm not I'm not going to sit here and pinpoint exactly like there's anyone I know but I know supporting para that in currently right now or in the past there have been people that I know would not have supported it but have stayed silent about it because they respected their employers and they they still respected that despite strongly believing in it themselves that it is something that shouldn't be spoken about on social media or or anything like that and so as much as I don't respect their views, I can respect how they at least handle it. Whereas this, mm. I can't respect it because for me, you know what you're signed up for. You know that this is a company or like a business essentially that proudly states that they support the community and proudly had a a, a float at the, the Mardi Gras. And so I'm like, you know what you're in for, but they pay your... They pay, they pay your bills. So you had no issue, but all of a sudden you just refuse to pull on a, a bloody Jersey. Like, are you kidding me? Like it just, it makes me so mad because I'm like, at the end of the day, every company in the world is probably going to do something that every single employer doesn't agree with, but they just shut up and do it. But these guys have the chance to like send a really positive message. And instead they just refuse to do it. My biggest gripe with it as well is that their views are not consistent and what they're standing up for is not remotely consistent. I think it is a ridiculous cop-out excuse to use religious grounds when if you look at these beautiful jerseys, in the middle of the two rainbow stripes is a giant points bet sign, which is equally frowned upon for Christians. And if they're happy to go out every single week with points bet across their chest, play at Four Pines Stadium, but they feel so strongly and all of a sudden they feel like their religious beliefs are strong enough to impact their ability to play for their team over a rainbow jersey that is not religious beliefs. That is, to me, that is hatred. And they're promoting the fact that they are so against that inclusivity and they're so against gay people. I'll just say it. That's what they are. They would rather sit on the sidelines and not play for their team who basically need to win 90% of their games to win, make that top eight, that they that that's how strongly they feel about it. I've just got an article up as well, and it's a rare W for staff writers um, <laughs> because the way this is worded is, is exactly right. So I'll just read it out. Um, the Seagulls are set to become the first club in NRL history to wear an 
LGBTIQA kit, but they'll do so without the players who are objecting on religious grounds. The players are effectively boycotting a show of support for, di for diversity and inclusivity. LGBTIQA stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, intersex, queer questioning, and asexual people. And that is exactly what it is. They are boycotting a show for support for show of support for diversity and inclusivity. And I'm getting so many replies to my tweets tonight saying it's freedom of speech. It's this, that, mm. or whatever. And that is also a cop-out. That is a massive cop-out. And I'm all for freedom of speech, but that becomes hate speech and hate actions when it's this sort of scenario. Yeah, you're free to say what you like, but sometimes there are We're consequences free to, hate to what you say. Yeah. Well, yeah. speaking of consequences, I've looked up as well, Ian Roberts has spoken out about it and he's a former manly great like imagine how he how imagine how hard it would have been for him like these days we've progressed yeah. imagine back then yeah. and he's spoken out and made interviews about how difficult it was for him to do that and I just can't believe that there is a club legend like him at that club and they're literally shitting on him by doing this and he said I try to see it from all perspectives but this breaks my heart it's sad and uncomfortable. As an older gay man, this isn't unfamiliar. I did wonder whether there'd be any religious pushback. This is why I think NRL never have had a pride round. I can promise you every young kid on the Northern beaches who is dealing with their sexuality would have heard about this. And that last line shows the harm that this, that this causes. And boycotting a jersey or like Sonny Bill Williams a few years ago asked them to cover up the betting mm. sponsorship. And I fully supported that. Because yeah. that's not hurting anybody. That's yeah. not being exclusive. That's that's not going to have any social ramifications. This absolutely does, um, yeah. and I I don't tolerate it personally. Yeah, it's it's bigotry disguised as morals. Yeah, is what mm -hmm. it is. Which is the worst. Yeah. Just own it. Honestly, yeah. just bloody own it and say I don't like that sort of person. Yeah. Own it. Victoria pop the, has. Pop the Victoria has something prepared here. <laughs> so, uh, Nat, you were talking about, like, the hypocrisy of, like, the betting and everything like that. The one that always stands out for me is Leviticus 19.28 is, do not cut your bodies for the dead or put tattoo marks on yourselves. I am the Lord. <laughs> Funny. I can't. Funny. Jason Saab pulls that jersey on with a full sleeve on his arm every single week. Uh, but the rainbow flag, apparently, you know, no, that's just, that, that's just no. He can't do that. Because and that's what I that's why I hate this religious excuse. It's not yeah. fair. It's also not fair to people who actually do truly like live and die by their religion. And these players yeah. are not it. Sorry, sitting out pride round or, or not wearing a pride jersey does not mean God's going to be like, oh my God, I'm going to forgive you for the drugs you've taken, the alcohols that you've, that yeah. you've drank, um, cheating on your partners, <laughs> having sex before marriage, tattooing yeah. yourself. That's all forgiven because you sat out one round for not wearing a rainbow jersey. Oh. yeah it's it's absolutely ridiculous and like the, the sad thing is like it's also just caused like a lot of like arguing amongst people and like people just making up stupid shit as well like hmm. making it a manly issue like this oh, has yeah. only come mm, out manly because issue. manly were the I'm only ones to, that like had the balls to say yes they were the only yeah. ones that agreed to do this whereas two other clubs said no when they were offered yep. the chance really? to yeah who did yeah uh the sharks Cr and i can't Cronulla remember and someone else i was pretty disappointed to hear that yeah. to be honest yeah they probably like, knew the unfortunately is, what like, was about to happen i can yeah. kind of get it like there's it's fear 100 yeah. it's just fear I, 
I I desperately want Penrith to do this yeah. initiative, but I'll be honest, same. I'm worried about the same thing happening with some of our players. Yeah. And I can 100% guarantee to any of you that if Nat and I are still doing this podcast, if and when Penrith ever do that, mm. and the same thing happens, I'm going to tear into these players yeah. the same. same. Yeah. And yep. so how you can sit here when this has been like a global issue for years, for, for like eternity, and say, oh, this is a manly issue. This is because manly are scum. Or this, this is coming from someone who hates manly. I hate manly. Yep. Also, this benefits para. <laughs> them all sitting out. <laughs> like, I'm, I'd sit there. I'd rather every single one of those players that is fit to play pull on that jersey and thrash the roosters. That's how much more I would rather it because yep. this is just too sad. And how you can sit here and truly with every ounce of your being say that it's a manly issue is beyond me because what breaks my heart is that this this is just a society issue there is no doubt in my mind that there are players across every other team going yeah i'd stand out i'd stand down too i wouldn't i yeah. wouldn't do i wouldn't pull oh, that jersey on i, I support them it's depressing thinking of like the dms that these players have gotten off other players supporting yeah. them yeah. Oh, yeah. disgust me and yeah. obviously they've they've obviously got this group chat going probably going i'm not doing this i'm not doing this and they've all just like riled each other up 100 yeah. percent and said let's all you know unify and and not do this and Imagine like, yeah, like right now, like Kieran Foran, for example, one of the players who clearly is okay with it because he was um, like promoted it and everything like that. Yeah. How they now feel about their teammates that they're meant to run out and try to like win a comp with. Like it, it's just made the yeah. whole situation so, so messy and so sad. I just think, and I know that we can't, you know, we all choose to care about certain things and we all choose to have our own morals. And I'm, so okay with that but I do think there are certain things that should probably be an everybody opinion mm -hmm. and the fact that a lot of the plays in the NRL and I have to say including our own that supported Tyrone May after the yep. grand final yeah the fact that they're not boycotting the Tyrone Mays the Dylan Walkers the Jack DeBellins and instead they're showing incredible support for them and these are Christian players as well so I wonder what God would think about them being friends with those people yep. but they feel so strongly about this issue that to me is a serious problem with them and it sets a horrible precedent. And more than anything else, there are young kids who are struggling with their sexuality at the moment. They love watching the NRL. They see these people as heroes. And every time something like this happens, it sets them back. It sets them back if they come out at school and they get a group of kids who idolize those manly players and they see Jason Sartre sitting out because he doesn't want to participate in this pride mm. jersey and they say, oh, you're like, you know, we don't like you anymore because you choose to be gay. Yeah. And that is genuinely what will happen. Even beyond and that. it's what you, happens. You cannot tell me there is not currently a gay NRL player. 100% there Absolutely. is. Oh my God, there's there no so way. And yeah. he yeah. probably has been sitting there and watched, I feel really bad. I can't remember. What was the A-Leagues player? That, oh, Josh Cavallo. Yeah, he came out. And I guarantee this cl closeted NRL player has sat, sat there and went, he's given me the bravery to do this and has been like riling himself up to do it. And then this happens. And he's like, nope, I'll never come out. I'll never come out. And yep. I'm, I can sit here and say, I don't know when we will see an NRL player come out and admit that they're gay because yep. this keeps happening. I think. I Especially think the when they're playing. 
Yeah. I yeah. think if we ever see it again at this rate with retired. the way things are going, I th- or a playing player, I think it'll be someone like an Ian Roberts again, yeah, where they like, are yeah. the the intimidator They've of got the to competition. Be the bully. They can't be and a tiny little halfback fact, or something like the that. The fact that it took someone who broke all these ridiculous stereotypes yeah. about gay people yeah, to yeah. come out is just depressing. And the fact that it's been over 25 years now and... We haven't had anyone since, and we're having incidents like this at the same club. Mm. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 there's a part of me that even goes, I'm pretty sure that the likelihood of there being someone at Manly that is potentially gay, like not oh, even just have, like in the current NRL squad, but you know, you go down to, you know, uh, New South Wales Cup, Jersey flag, anything like that, probably sitting there watching, oh, like, oh, I love Jason Saab. I want to be a winger just like him. Oh, no, never mind. Yeah. And oh, just, Makes me if they feel like they're doing something wrong, and this this yeah. promotes the idea that they are wrong for their choice. Not in their choice. It's not their choice. It's not their choice. Who they love is the way they are. It's mm. not something they wake up one day and decide. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's giving this idea that we are so against that, and it is just mind blowing. Yeah. Um, I had a point, and I've just it's flown out of my brain. I think it's gone. R.I.P. Okay, someone else pick <laughs> up. <laughs> There's. When you consider across, you know, all the grades that there are at each club and all the staff members and that, it's in the hundreds at every single club. Mm. In Australia, 3 to 4% of the population have reported identifying as gay, lesbian or bisexual. And that's just a small section of the LGBTQIA. Mm. Now, that means that statistically, like at least three or four people at each club are that. Like, and it must be a horrific, you know, thing to have to keep into yourself when you see that. And I remember what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was just going to mention the fact that I think I see a lot of people saying we can't use, like, why is the NRL using this as a platform for politics? Not that I believe it's just politics and things like that. Yeah. Um, are we forgetting about the fact that we see plenty of Christian players every week do prayer circles mm-hmm. and put Christian symbolism yeah. on their tape? There and you know every time something good happens, they'll thank God, and they're using their platform yeah. for to push that belief. And I support that entirely, and I think that's fantastic that they feel so strongly about their beliefs that they want to do that. So sorry, it's a massive double standard to say that the NRL can't use that platform when Christian players are doing it every week. Yeah, yeah. if you support one, support them all, as long as nobody absolutely. is being... They can coexist. Harassed. They absolutely yeah. can and should coexist. And I know so many amazing Christians that don't hold that archaic view anymore. Yeah. And, you know, it, the Bible was written so, 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 so long ago and God isn't going to come down and tell them, you know, guys, maybe chill on this one. It's up for progressive Christians to do that on their own. And there's so many that can do that. So, yeah. I think one thing I've got now is like, like where to from here? Because we've heard that Des Hasler supports them. And like, we know that they're not going to play and stuff, but like, there's a deeper issue in this because obviously the NRL is inclusive and their rules and codes, there's a code of conduct. And one of the codes of conduct requires all participants all participants of the NRL to maintain high standards of personal conduct and to be respectful at all times to LGBTI. Uh, this, this is how it was written. So it's obviously a little bit outdated people. And so for me, this isn't being respectful. So yeah, what do we I see? Agree. Do we now see the NRL essentially allow these players to remove themselves from a game 
just because of a jersey or do now these players get punished yeah and so like I'm like are you going to uphold that code of conduct or are we just going to let this happen because then it means if they ever do try to implement a pride round we're just going to see half the players that we should be watching play it's a good I want them outed so I can know who I have to hate oh I mean you (laughs) but also I still don't want like I still don't want them to just feel like they can do whatever they want. No, I know. I it's get, going yeah, against sure. technically their code of conduct. Yeah, I don't want this yeah. to be a platform for them. Yeah, but I also want them gone from our game. I'll be yeah. honest. Yeah. I, are we going to miss anything from our game if you know Jason Saab isn't in the game anymore? I'm just a fast yeah. person. Oh no! <laughs> Lucky we got a bunch of those. <laughs> like. <laughs> Like, who do they think they are? Do they think the game is going to miss them that badly? Watch Manly win this Friday or Thursday, whatever day they're playing. I hope not. I actually am so, I mean, I don't like the Roosters, but let me tell you, I hope they win by 50. Actually, no, I feel bad because they're the nice Manly players that are playing. Damn it. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I hope hope they win, but Des Hasler says something dumb in the press conference and gets a fine. Yeah. No, I still want the Roosters to win. For a Parramatta reason. I don't know. I can't. I, I've lost track now of what I need to happen. As a <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, just because I still like, I don't know. I still want, because I now don't like Des Hasler. Yeah. And so I don't want him to record a, a win. And also I don't want, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm mixed as well, but like, fine. Maybe, maybe the Roosters beat them, but they score a nice, like Kieran Foran and Ruben Garrick, Garrick? Garrick. <laughs> Ruben Garrick score a nice try each. How about that? I hope, I think Des has probably got his hands tied with that. Like he doesn't want to piss off his players and and you know create a massive here's the thing. Um, chain reaction behind in the... closed doors. You don't have to come out and say I stand by them. Yeah, I mean, I have to figure. I have to see what he's actually said, but he's obviously like supporting can be you know many things. He might just be like, look, you do what you do, or he's like, no, I fully you know I I don't know the situation enough to to make a proper comment, but I imagine he's just like, his hands are tied where if he, either way he does this, he's, he's screwed. Oh, half his team is going to hate him. Yeah. Yeah. I guess either way he was going to be, he was going to be asked a question at least this week that he didn't want to have to answer. Yeah. I guess. And apparently mm-hmm. uh, I was reading this. I don't know how true this is, but you might be happy that, that um, apparently Dylan Walker was added to that list. He's mulling over it in one of the groups. Yes, I mean. <laughs> So mole, mole, mole. <laughs> he is a mole. I agree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, just to bring an end to that, um, I believe everyone here has made their views pretty clear based on this. And if you disagree with us on this, you know, and you agree with these manly players based on what's happened, uh, you have the rights to, you know, believe that, whatever. But fuck off. We don't want you here. You're not welcome to listen to our show. Go uh, eat some dicks. Yeah. Or <laughs> eat, some, eat some pussy. I don't know. Whatever you, whatever makes you gay. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, that's fine. I was just doing our 10-second. We do a little 10-second break so T knows where to cut it. Oh my God. I just need composure real quick till you can cut this. I have so much like strength. Zara jumped on me and then like hung onto my leg and slid off, clawed into my leg during that. And I had to be like, <gasps> I think I heard that. I'm pretty <laughs> oh, really? sure I heard something. <laughs> I yeah. am now bleeding. Yeah. 
You're listening to the Big Cat Chat podcast on the Sports Best Friends Network. So this Friday, the Penrith Panthers are out to seek revenge on the <laughs> Parramatta Eagle, uh, Eagles. Wow. Sorry, I've, I'm lumping you all together now. The Parramatta Eels at Combank Stadium. Um, it's a very big game. Uh, there's a lot at the line, you know, Para's looking for, to maintain a finals position. Penrith's looking for revenge on the only team to have beaten God, us this year. Cry me a river. I, I will cry a river if we lose. Yeah, good. Um, and then jump in it. All right, fine. I'm not going to ask you. <laughs> Nat, Nat, what do you make of this game? Oh, I'm, I'm, I've already, um, I'm already defeated. I feel like Parramatta Eels' sole purpose for the year is to torture me and me alone. I know that what's going to happen is Gutho is going to come out and have the second best game of his um, year, second being to the first game he played against us. Dylan Edwards is going to have the second worst game of his year, second to the first game he played Parramatta. Parramatta are somehow going to beat us again, and we're going to come out this year with two losses to the Parramatta Eels. That's what's going to happen. I'm convinced of it. Um. Well, that was very depressing. Um, <laughs> I've been thinking about it all day and I'm just, I watched the, I watched the games last week and I watched Parra play against Brisbane and then I watched us play against the Sharks and I'm like, there is no logical sense that they will beat us, but they will do it. Um, well, yeah, well, I, I think it, it's, it's not helped when you look at the fact that um, Stephen Crichton is most likely not going to play because he's had ear surgery. Um, and I guess you don't really want to, risk that like I've had moments in my head today where I've gone oh just do a Dylan Edwards and you know play through the injury and then I've gone not well, now no not at this not yeah. at this time of the year not in a like, he also had a concussion oh yeah yeah we don't want to ruin um, his life yeah. yeah I guess but it's power um, <laughs> <laughs> um and then there is doubt over whether Jerome Lua is going to play he was pictured in a knee brace today I feel fine about those things just because I really do back our depth this year. Um, like if, oh, actually, you know what? I, I say that and then I remember that Robert Jennings will probably be Yeah, I back our 5 And depth. that makes me want to jump off a roof. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, um, I back our 5-8 option for sure. Um, not too sure about that Is, um, other option. <laughs> I thought Kurt Falls was your uh, backup. Sean O'Sullivan can do both. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I, you know, if I'm being honest, I'm taking off my negative Armageddon glasses. <laughs> I still believe that we should win this game. Um, I've There's just logic that goes out the window when it comes to Panthers versus Para because I thought this last time as well, but I actually do think, and I'm sorry, Vic, but I do think Parramatta are in probably in a worse spot than they were the first time we played them. Um, um, sorry, I that's think, like literal fact. They're seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like when we played them last time, they came off a disappointing loss to the Cowboys, but that was before we realised what the Cowboys were this year. Um, I think everyone was still kind of like, oh, the Cowboys are a bit of a flash in the pan. How embarrassing you lose by Cowboys. But these days you're like, mm, they're second. Um, you know, it's not an embarrassment to lose by them at all, to, the, to them at all. Um, I, I see in Parramatta this year, it seems to be a mental thing. Um, it seems to be that they aren't getting up for those those games. They're not they're not getting up for you know the, the Brisbane game was a game that could have put them into the top four or had them very close to it, and they still managed not to get up. And I just 
that's their issue. But I do know that they will collectively get up for this game. And when they do get up, they are so good. You know, when they've been at their best this year, I have said that they could win the premiership. And I do stand by that. I think they have one of the t- easily a top three or top two roster in the competition. Um, when they play their best, I actually, I, I truly think they can beat anybody and they've shown us that this year. And I think that's where it'd be really frustrating as a Parramatta fan, Vic, because even if you do see them come out and beat us on Friday, how much do you take from that? Yeah, like that, that, I think that's what's most frustrating. And I think this has probably one of been one of the least enjoyable seasons I've dealt with and like that's even coming from someone who has watched them win like max six games in 2018 (laughs) and that was yeah that was obviously not fun and I came in as a like I started as a fan yeah when they then got what like back-to-back wooden spoons or did they yeah yeah, anyway um so yeah so but this has been thoroughly unenjoyable only because you sit there and go okay you beat the storm when they hadn't lost every single player to injury and you beat the panthers but you lose to the tigers and the bulldogs who at the time were last like how how does that happen and this is where i'm not gonna lie panthers fans have thoroughly confused me this week because for for a fan base who are by far the most arrogant <laughs> fan base I've ever come across. Go off queen. Huh? Go off queen. Go off queen. <laughs> <laughs> Who also shit all over Parramatta constantly. I cannot <laughs> believe anyone is sitting here and saying we're losing. I'm sorry. <laughs> what are you yeah. saying? I genuinely easy. do not understand what is happening this week. Everyone watched Parramatta bottle that game, absolutely bottle it, and have gone... I'm scared for next week. Scared for what? What are you scared of? She's looking me what in the eyes when saying this. That's what terrifying. I'm scared of. <laughs> like there was no logic behind it last time either. <laughs> no, but no, I'm sorry. Just... It was different. Parramatta weren't seventh last time. They weren't the team that let the Warriors score two back-to-back, like so weak tries at home when they were thrashing them. I'm sorry. It's a completely different team now. And I can't believe I'm saying that in one season, in one season, they have gone from one of the top teams to, to now sitting here going, Ooh, geez, I hope other players rest their, you know, stars or they refuse to pull mm. on a Jersey so we can maybe play some finals footy and get knocked out in straight sets. It's so what you're saying basically, right. Is that to save an endless amount of frustration for both teams, Penrith need to just thrash Para. Because no, no. <laughs> you're going to be frustrated if Parramatta win because you're going to go, how come we can do that against Penrith and the Storm see, and not every other week? The, see, this is the thing. This is why I hate my life. I'm frustrated no matter what. No matter what yeah. happens, I am mad. <laughs> like, it's crazy because I genuinely back Parramatta Um to beat us in a grand final and I equally back them to get knocked out by the Raiders or Manly in week one, like equally. And I can't say that event, you know, they're still, I honestly think they're still our biggest threat. And I think it's because they do, they have all the ingredients when they, you know, I think how long ago was the Roosters game they played? Cause they were 
outstanding in that game. That was a brilliant game. It wasn't that long ago, you know? And then, you know, they played against the Warriors. It wasn't fantastic. Brisbane was extremely disappointing because Brisbane just ran all over them from pretty much the beginning. Um, Para Para were on top. And then that, like, kind of fluky try happened and they just went, okay, never mind. So they piled on. At at halftime, it was was a significant score, wasn't it? At halftime. Brisbane were up by like three tries or something. It was a 20 point deficit at halftime. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. um, yeah. It just, you know, uh, this is the thing though. I, I, the only people who were surprised by that were non Parramatta fans. Is, I had literally tweeted, put your house and your car yeah. on Brisbane. I, I'm sorry, but Parramatta shitting the bed when they have a top four spot on the line is the least surprising thing to have happened this oh, yeah. last round. <laughs> like, it's so funny living with a Parramatta fan because there are so many angles of Parramatta that I like just don't analyze because I don't think about them as much that like, I hear once we start talking about the eels and it, (laughs) it just seems to be this pain that like, that like sharks fans seem to feel before 2016 of like, it's not going to happen. This year has woken my eyes to it this year. And I think it's obviously been happening for a lot longer than that, but this year has been like literally slapped in your face. Like this is the team that we are, that even neutrals can see it now. Mm. Um, but I, I think, yeah, as I said, like, I don't know what the odds are for this game, but those like the performances I mean, they have in them are so good. They are so good when they get it all, to, like when Moses and Brown and everyone just clicks, like it is scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I honestly think, I would almost say 60 to 75% of Parramatta's problem is mental. And the fact that they seem to 90%. click it into gear, men- yeah, yeah. But then, when think, you look at it like, like that, this is the funny thing. Like there are so many people who go, what's, what's, what's wrong with them? What's wrong with, I'm like, I'm sorry. You have a halfback and a fullback who fight on the field. Yes, I think it's pretty yes, clear that it's problem. mental and attitude. Like it's, it's very, but, and that's it's the thing, like, but you know what, when you say, when you say things like that, right? Like, so, and not definitely not you at all whatsoever, Vic, but like you make the point that there seems to be arguments happening on the field hmm. and then you hear every team argues on the field and that's not true like you have your moments right where someone's like God, you should have been in position blah 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 but it's not to the same level that you see from Parramatta and no. from their leaders and when your leaders are doing that that is not good for the rest of the team no. but for some reason they all just decide to be happy in unity when they play Penrith <laughs> so and the weird thing the weird you know what's weird actually though I actually think it's almost a benefit for us to be playing at Bankwest rather than Penrith because I think they got up for that game at Penrith. I think the Penrith factor helped them get up for that game. And I almost yeah. feel like the Bankwest factor is going to work in reverse a little bit. Um, so, look, as I said, if I honestly had to pick who's going to win, I honestly think Eels will because I can just foresee it. I can see it happening. But I don't know if I'm being doom and gloom. Like, you know that thing you do where you make yourself think something bad's going to happen, so if something good happens, a nice surprise. If something bad happens, you're prepared for it. That's what I think is happening is to me like- this week. <laughs> funny to me it's just very funny and like I don't know like I'm I'm kind of like uh, one loss has really rattled you guys against uh, with para that much no this is this is Nat (laughs) (laughs) this was Nat this is what Nat sounded like in no 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 I mean this is just what Nat is like did Nat sounded like this in every finals podcast we did last year yeah (laughs) like it was so odd so odd I'm sitting there trying to not eat my phone during that Broncos game and all I'm reading is like well I'm so scared for next week now I'm like what why 
Why? Because I'm sorry, when you, when you have Clint Gutherson have an open space on the left-hand side and he decides to just keep, just keep passing it, just keep passing it, when all he had to do was run straight. Run. Hey, I'm not saying it. What are you looking at me for? Oh, like, <laughs> like, but like, you know, they did lose. They lost. They got whacked by Cowboys before they beat us last time. Do you know what I mean? Like, the reason I, I think I feel like this moronic is because... and took the, like, one team that could handle Darwin to Darwin. And, like, I'm not saying yeah. they only lost because of that, because I don't want to discredit um discredit the cowboys but i'm sorry when you look at a roster you've got a team that's in you know queensland who's meant to be in new zealand but you know couldn't go home you've got a team that lives in the arctic in canberra you've got a team all around the place they go who should we take to darwin the team from north queensland that's that's the team we should take Mm -hmm. them like what they were always going to lose that game they were never winning that game um yeah i guess it's also before we knew the cowboys were good too um that's the thing and i think we took away yeah yeah, but I still feel that like was, that discredits them a little bit. Like, no, 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 but were, that, that was before everyone sat up and realised, you know. That was the game yeah. where everyone well, like, I mean, oh, the Cowboys are good. Like, yeah. We thought um, it was going to be a chance thing before that. Into that game. Yeah, but you're terrified of every game. Yeah, true. So, <laughs> uh, if we look at it subjective, like if we look at it and think, okay, like how are each playing, team playing right now? I loved our performance on the weekend. I thought it was really good. I thought it showed great mental strength on the op- opposite side of things. So I have confidence that stemming from that game. Um, so if I just take all the juju out of my brain, um, you know, on form, Penrith should should win and win comfortably. Um, the funny thing is, as an like as a neutral, I think that game finally showed some cracks in Penrith. This is actually oh, something yeah, I guess baby. we'll talk about. Them. Well, we'll talk about. <laughs> See, I think I, think it, I thought it was cracks that another team put onto Penrith. I uh, definitely. But this I is think what, it showed their ability yeah. to overcome those though. Yeah, well. of course. But yeah. also that's like, exactly oh, what I'm saying. So I feel weak like... and pathetic. Of course you can overcome stuff. But for me, I'm sorry, they were rattled. 14 nil, they were rattled. Or 12 nil. But they were whatever nil. They were rattled. 14 nil. So rattled that you guys are still <laughs> sitting there crying about a try, what was a try that also probably I, 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 could have been Jack and I did not cry about any of that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> the only I'm two sane fan base. I'm talking support. about your fan base. Do you guys not represent your fan base? No, but I love our fan base to anyway. absolute bits. Anyway, of course you love your fan base. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The queen of Penrith loves her fan base. Of course, they you do. I'm saying I love them, Penrith. but they do love crying. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, 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 you got so many. So many fans, sorry, fine, not you two. So many fans are still <laughs> losing their minds over a try that realistically probably should have been a potential eight-point try. Look, my mum did call me to complain about it today. <laughs> like, 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 I'm sorry, how can you sit there and look at a ball, land on a line and go, that's not a try? I don't understand. I really don't understand. Yeah, I thought I was okay with it. Smacked in yeah. the head and go, no, still not a try. Because it's Moylan, it's allowed. Oh, my God. Oh, you watch the your mouth. Saw- <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, well, we'll discuss it later. The way I saw that try, I was like, well, if the ref's called it and he's standing right above it, I yeah. trust that the try was not line. You know what I mean? Yeah, we, um, we all trust but, the refs. Oh, true. Yeah, the refs. The refs would never do anything wrong. They're lovely. They're lovely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, I think the I understand. I saw a lot of comments here after the game being like, "Oh, they showed their cracks," and I'm like, "But we won, and we put on 29 answered points." Like to me, yeah, that's a huge confidence boost for us. Together. No, yeah. But like that is. It's like you know how we say, "Oh, there's the loss that you need to have," or whatever. Like for me, it's like, okay, we're down by 10 for the first time all year and we managed to pull ourselves out of it and we still won. And people are saying that's showing cracks. I mean, that's a sign of how well we're going this year. But see, this is the thing. Saying that you guys have 
shown cracks isn't even insulting the team. It's not, I'm not uh, saying, oh, you guys like are so weak now you showed some cracks. No, I'm just saying that there's, there was finally a team besides Terra who like <laughs> challenged them, who challenged them. And it, I still, I do say that that was a good team, te- um, sorry, a good game to happen against a good team at a good time because they went, okay, shit, we are down 10 nil. What do we do to fix this? How do we turn this around? And so just because you have cracks doesn't mean you can't super glue it back together. The way I saw a lot of the commentary around it, it felt like if I didn't know the result of the game, I would have thought we'd lost. Um, and that's just all I'm saying is that I saw it as a confidence boost for us because we were putting a bit of it, like we weren't up by 40, like, you know, a lot of the other weeks. So you can't learn from those games. But the fact that we were down and we did pull ourselves out of it, which we haven't really seen if we can do that this year, we saw we could do that. We saw a team that played so, so well, throw everything at us, and we still managed to come on top of them. I came out of that thinking, okay, that's I feel pretty good about that. Like hmm. on a different level, because obviously it was a different season as well, but I was talking to two of my coworkers about this who go for Penrith. But like, I guess you can kind of a little bit compare it. I know it's very like different levels, but just, you know, stretch your minds with me to the first final game last year whereas i personally believe that losing week one, one won you the yeah. grand final it did like, it did we didn't coast through like the year before Coasting yeah, helps nobody. ideas of like yeah like what um penrith hadn't lost a game since round five mm. in 2020 mm. against para but anyway um and like they just like <laughs> like steam <laughs> into, into this, the- this is why i think you're gonna win by the way because of all of this history <laughs> um, yeah but let's not talk about last year Never oh, yeah. met, there's never been anyway, a weaker, anyway, so like, yeah, you weaker mentality ball. of a side than like for a team that's lost two games in like four years yeah. they have such weak <laughs> mentality it's yeah, hilarious a river like oh my god <laughs> oh my um, god but- so if we're, if we're, we're weak or we're arrogant which one is it i just hate i just hate your just team it's fine medium. just find a happy medium just just you know sit, sit on your throne I'm but happy. just don't be quite so loud on your throne i'm happy no one cares about you jack no, i'm living it up even though there were some cracks it was that challenge that had to happen mm-hmm. while still that extra me- uh like mental strength that you went okay well we've just been challenged let's turn it around and now let's do what we've got to do and in the second half I say Penrith were the dominant team whereas in the first half mm-hmm. it was clearly Cronulla and you know that's that's a you know a building experience without needing to take a loss because I don't necessarily agree with the idea that you know a loss is good because no I would love yeah. for a team to be able to go the entire season without a loss but in those wins you do need to have those challenges because obviously the finals are a completely different ball game mm-hmm. you don't win you don't sorry you don't learn from being up by 30 every week and I don't want to take it back to origin at all but the fact that Penrith aren't used to um, picking a game up from being behind perhaps was evident in that origin game and I think having that experience is is a positive thing because you don't want to be up by 40 every bloody week and then you get to the grand final, a team cracks you, you get, you're down by 10 and then next minute it's 40 nil. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, like I think you're exactly right. You don't necessarily need to lose, but the, get, the, the wins that you can learn from are always a, always a plus and you're not winning from the, from the thrashings. You're just not. So you're not, oh my God, I'm so Burning. scat. I'm so <laughs> outraged. I've turned scat. Um, Get off the yeah, bikes, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you're not learning from the wind, from the thrashing. Yeah. Well, so basically what we can gather from that is 
Nat thinks Penrith's going to lose. Victoria <laughs> thinks Para's going to lose. Josh, as someone who can genuinely view yeah. it from an objective view rather than <laughs> pretending, uh, how do you see this? Um, there's going to be a massive controversy in the 79th minute and hopefully both sets of teams somehow lose. Is that possible? <laughs> can we have all points stripped and given <laughs> to Canola? We both like killed 14 players at once. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, I am a little torn on this because every time it's one of those things where every time you expect a team to smash someone, they never do. I still think Penrith are going to win. And is, is, is it a cop out to say that I wouldn't be surprised if Parramatta win? It's such a cliche. Yeah, no, I think you're team. entirely right. I'm going to I'm going to stick to. I think Penrith Penrith are just so damn good, and I hate saying that, but like there's such a like such a well-balanced team. And I don't think Para have the weaponry at the moment. I think Para are a very good team too, but I don't think for where they're at mentally right now and where their game is at, I don't think they'll be able to match it for 80 minutes, similar to probably how we handled the weekend last week. Um, I don't think, I, I think Para will be in it. I don't think that it's going to be a, it's not going to be 40 nil. It could end up like a 30 to like 16, but I think, yeah, I'm going to go with Pemrith. I think it's the smart money. So we'll see how we go there. I'd love to. I'd love Parramatta to win just because screw the Panthers. Well, th- well thanks for coming on, Josh. No. <laughs> okay, that's the end of Josh's appearance on the big chat. <laughs> it's interesting um, the fact that we have, we briefly touched on the idea that Penrith will almost definitely be missing Stephen Crichton. Obviously, we don't know because the team lists aren't out yet. And it's a possibility that Luai will be missing. Now, those two are both left edge players and the issue for Parramatta with that is that they tend to pretty much just attack down their left and head towards Sivo. Now I can see Isaiah Papali'i definitely being used as a weapon on that edge, especially with the defensive fragilities we saw through Robert Jennings, where he made the West Tigers left edge look like the South Sydney Rabbitohs left edge. Um, But I'm not, as confident in someone like Will Panasini from doing it. Now I know Victoria's giving me a face because I backed him last week when she told me he's shit. I didn't say he was shit. But you said he's low key shit. Yeah, low key. Yeah, and I backed him. I backed him. <laughs> but I think he's he's definitely a more defensive minded center anyway. He's he doesn't have that natural attacking ability I think that you have on the other edge with Wanga Blake, mm. where mm. that could even be something where they might even switch Wanga Blake to the right. Because Wonga Blake tore Penrith up on the right edge in that you, 2020 game. You think Brad Arthur is smart enough to do something like that? <laughs> no, but maybe the assistant coaches are. No. <laughs> Brad Arthur's no. leaving. Uh, no. yeah. no, uh, Brad Arthur is going to play D- uh, Dylan Brown in the centres. Uh, Jacob Arthur will play in the halves. You know, let's just rest Moses. That will <laughs> also, Moses attacks down the right, but is he going to be too, like, that's going to be something where he's going to have to keep his head in this sort of chaotic game and be able to single-mindedly focus on and that sort of weakness in Penrith? He's probably the only person, and I, oh, I'm going to eat my words, I just know I am, but he's probably the only player right now that I back to actually do that, despite everyone, you know, saying, oh, he shits the bed, blah, 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 he's not a, you know, top player, all that sort of stuff. But when you watched him against the Broncos, he was the only one trying to 
fix, like win them that game. He was the one mm. that was making anything happen. Like he mm. was pulling stuff out of nothing. Whereas Gutho was the one then killing it, <laughs> which was sad, very sad to watch. Yeah. Um, so sad, so sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? I love Dylan Edwards dropping the ball twice. Anyway, and winning um, and scoring a try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He still wasn't even close to as bad as Gutho. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I sit here and say Gutho had a dreadful game. Gutho can sit here and yeah, say he had a dread, dreadful game. Like anyone can say that he had yeah. a dread, dreadful game. Like it was yeah. very, very clear. But anyway, yeah, Moses, I think is the one that is going to make any anything happen. If someone's going to make something happen, it's every other player I don't really trust basically. And like, this is the thing. Everyone's like so scared about Robert Jennings. Guaranteed scores. Oh a my God. I just know it. Like oh, I, he's going to, no, I just know man. he's actually going to have his best game. We almost lost the Tigers because of Robert Jennings. <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> debut Sonia to River instead. Yeah, but they pulled oh, is he out of New South Wales Cup. Yeah. I feel like that's pretty definitive. Yeah, they pulled Jennings and Sullivan out of the Sunday New South Wales Cup game. So that says everything. There's um, still time, Ivan, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are. There's still time. He's an avid listener. Can we get, can we even get like, Fuck you, Ivan. Back on an emergency loan. I'm sorry, an emergency Mars. loan for the yeah. Yeah. currently what eight, eight points. points ahead should be ten, oh. but the referee should be ten. We were robbed. We were robbed of our record racing. Ten oh points. Gosh. I'm upset about that personally. Um. Yeah. I. Yeah. I. I think. I think Penrith win this. Um, wow. And I don't think it's going to be as. <laughs> I think it's going to be not as chaotic as the first game um i think that was kind of like both teams releasing a bit of steam on each other mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. because they really wanted to go at each other from the finals game last year mm. um, and it was a great game play, so good yeah well this one's going to play out a bit more like a regular rugby league game should i think um be more chill yeah yeah and i think i think i could see penrith winning by like maybe like 10 points. Yeah, that's that's what my um, margin is. Yeah, and I think it's just... Maybe a similar about... like to the Sharks one, like late points that kind of keep it comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we don't, we don't beat teams early. Yeah, we're a second half team. Oh, you grind them down. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. strangle um, them. And we did similar to um the Roosters when they put us through a bit of strife yeah. at home and same as the Broncos. Yeah, they, um, a lot of the teams hang in there for the first half and then they just kind of get tired. And I think that's a challenge when it comes to any team that that does um, want to beat us this year. It's playing for the 80 minutes, hanging in there for the 80 minutes. And that's what seems to be the hurdle. One thing that I think is going to be a great um, matchup in this game is the Battle of the Locks. Because I think Ryan Madison and Isaiah Yo have been two of easily their team's mm. best players this year. Mm. And they both play a very similar game. Um, yeah. Ryan Madison loves to get his hands on the ball and play that similar like passing game where he acts as the link between the halves. Um, it was interesting. He almost did it a bit too much yeah. last Thursday. I think that was because he was involving himself because Gutho was yeah that was ruining his, everything. Yeah, he was everything that Gutho did. It just turned to shit for um, some reason. Um, yeah, like you noticed it in the final. Well, no, it was that chunk where they were, had their comeback before yeah. the, the Makahizi Makatoa um, obstruction. There was this one moment, yeah, where like it was like, is that Ryan Madison or has Mitch Moses just cloned himself? Like he was 
like he took on the line and like dummied and I was like what are you, what are you doing yeah but also like I was so there for it like I liked it but just don't do it <laughs> well yeah I think that's where um Parramatta can definitely they definitely can win but they need things like that balance to click mm. yeah. and I think that is almost as important as that whole mentality thing yeah. not as important because sometimes you just see games where Parramatta players just from the very first minute are walking back yeah to and, get and on side this is to the thing and set. this is where like I have defended Brad Arthur for years like I actually I still really like him and I do think there are things that he does that para need but his use of the bench this year is what has like Freddie like is has destroyed it for me a little bit because we've just spoken about how what Penrith do best is tiring teams and like making them play 80 minutes and you've got a guy who's refusing to use 17 players instead at times he has used 15 and I'm like you can't rely on Campbell Gillard and Paolo to play all all these crazy minutes like you can't rely on that because one of them cops a hit or something like that and it's like oh cool we'll just bring on Jacob Arthur for Junior Paolo like no that's not what it should be and Jacob Arthur isn't a utility he's setting his, his own son up for, for failure in many for ways booze. and to get booed by his mm-hmm. own fans um and I, I'm just constantly boggled that is it I'm mind boggled by what he's doing and that is what I'm scared of is that I think at halftime we'll potentially go go to the sheds down maybe maybe only by like six eight points maybe 10 even 12 points but like a game is still in reach and then the the final 20 it'll be like three back-to-back tries for mm-hmm. the panthers or something like that because all the forwards are tired because there's yeah. arthur who weighs 12 kilos sitting on the bench 12 kilos it makes sense bench. yeah yeah 12 kilos stopping well um, and you know we on top of that we just we have to keep scott Sorensen's run of 25 wins out of 25 games for the Panthers going. I mean, Scott's like low-key bloody killing it at the moment. He is. So um, he's going to be a big part to that. Well, he sort of suits that bench discussion anyway. The way the role that he plays, when he came in, I was um, excited that Penrith had a pretty new player. Um, but I didn't expect him to play this role as not only a great edge forward option, but the work he does as a prop as well is mm. outstanding. And given like given the minutes that Spencer tends to play when he is in the team, given that Ivan only gives him seven or eight minutes a game, Scott Sorensen is almost our only middle forward on the bench. Yeah. And we run with this really strange bench where we cover every single position on the field and it puts a lot of work on him and it's been crazy how much of an underrated um, signing he's actually been. Mm. Um, and he is only 10 wins away from equaling the record for the most ever wins in a row, um, which Michael Crocker has at 35 games in a row. Um, so, you know what? If it comes down to like the final five minutes and we're losing and he hasn't been on the field yet, just don't put him on. <laughs> I need the streak. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't count i almost need that as much as i need the premiership (laughs) uh yeah predictions um do you want to go first Vic? 
I've sat here and like I'm at odd because I just said that they score three back-to-back tries right at the end. And so that changes my margin. Your math a hasn't bit. quite worked out. No, no, but no. also I'm not very good at math anyway. I know. Um, wow. I'm gonna say, like, and I just feel like it just sounds so dramatic, but I'm honestly gonna say like 30 to 12. Okay. Uh para. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 30 very to dramatic. 12, <laughs> 12 to para. Okay. Anyway, anyway, yeah, no, uh, so I've got Penrith yep. 30 12. Uh Josh. I'm going to say Penrith to win 26 to 10. Mm-hmm. Nat. Oh, okay, I'm gonna be logical and not juju vibey. But I reckon it's going to be close as hell. I reckon Penrith 13, Parramatta 12. Oh, no, that well, was last year. I know. I'm going to have to do that. I can't do that again. Don't worry, we, don't have, we don't have Premiership. Sorry, guys. I can't watch Mitch Moses kick, miss another one. Well, as long as Liam Martin doesn't do a, a Tigers and give away a penalty from a short kickoff. <laughs> what do you reckon, Jack? Uh, What's your prediction? Uh, I'm thinking Penrith 20. Eels 10. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. Ooh, it's a bit tense. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm already pretty exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> I want to cry. Um, well, this must be so hard being so outright the best team. Oh, I know. Is, right. It is. is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, it's pretty bloody good, isn't it? It actually is pretty good. If you want us to talk about how good it is, we are more than happy to. <laughs> Own it. Oh, geez. But not arrogantly, I mean, just own it in a respectful way. Yeah, of course. Respectfully, doesn't matter if we win or lose. It really makes no bearing, has no bearing in our season. So, so with that said, yeah. rest Yay. all of your players. No, we don't. Want to <laughs> I don't care. I want to be given the money premiership at like a record early round. That's my goal. Well, is that so? I respect that. I want to be given the minor premiership at like a record early round. So if we can oh, get the minor premiership like in like round twenty or twenty-one, that's a flex. Yes, that, that is a flex. Yeah, I like that. So that's what I'm building towards. And once we got it, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> um, there you go. Tiny bit of arrogance. <laughs> that's, that's that's just that's the perfect amount. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so last Saturday night at the wonderful, beautiful Blue Vet Stadium. Uh, 17,000 odd people witnessed the Penrith Panthers defeat the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks 20 points to 10. Uh, what did you make of this game, Nat? Um, yeah, I was really happy with it. Um, it was exciting to watch because oh, I'm going to sound arrogant. Bloody hell. We try <laughs> every week. We don't try very hard. Um, but it's not often that it is a close game um, and coming from a team that a couple of years ago, every bloody game was a close game and we usually lost them. Um, it doesn't get boring. I always love watching them run amok. It's really exciting, but you kind of, um, you, you tend to maybe tune out a tiny bit. Whereas watching this game on the week, weekend, I was like glued to the TV from minute one to minute 80. I literally, this is too much information, but I had to pee like the entire second half and I'm like, there is no breaking play that I'm getting up for. <laughs> I'm going to miss something. It was so intense. Um, so you have so to really fun. get your couch reupholstered now? <laughs> no, I held it in. Everybody okay, was good. all good. Um, but, um, yeah, no, it was a, a really good game to watch. Um, 
Cronulla came out, like they really came, they, they were doing a Penrith on Penrith at the beginning because we're so um, good at kind of grinding down teams and strangling them out of the game. And they were strangling us out of the game in the beginning. They had all the possession, which is, of course, their own doing. Their defence was excellent. They scored two quick tries early that were disappointing that we let them in. Um, and they were well on top of us mentally as well. So that was awesome to see from Cronulla that they really turned up. And I think especially this year when we've played, um, that we've played Cowboys and I think everyone was expecting a really tight game and we ended up winning 22-0. So that was a bit of a letdown of the game. So to see this game really deliver was awesome. Um, but I loved the fact that we were down 10-0. We ended up sneaking into halftime only two points down, which is just mind-blowing because the Sharks were well on top, like 80% on top for that half. So that was great. And then I guess to come back out after that second half and the one and only Dylan Edwards scored that try and I kind of thought, we're on here, we're back. Um, so we had a bit of a 10 minutes of being, you know, 20, 30 minutes of being rattled and then we were back to ourselves. So yeah, loved it. But awesome game from Cronulla too. They proved that they can take it to us um, and they're absolutely a contender. Yeah, it was definitely... Um... I would say one of our tougher tests that we have had, especially in recent times. And Josh, I want to know what you think about this, but, you know, I came away from the game, obviously happy that my team had won and all that stuff. But one of the biggest takes that I had from this is that I now see based on that performance that the Sharks are a premiership threat this year and almost definitely are next year. Um, yeah, I guess I was really waiting for this game amongst probably all of the games this year. This was the one that I was as excited and as nervous for and uh, was dreaming about and, you know, all those good things. And I was really impressed, to be honest, with our performance. I think that we probably should have won and that might be biased for me, but I think if we played 10 to 15% better, I think we would have won. Um, I think we killed ourselves with our uh, completions, our execution. And I know that obviously is what wins your games, but I think with a little bit of um, a little bit of extra spice and probably a bit more commitment, I think we, we were more than able to win that game. But again, as I said on Twitter, um, that the, the experience and the control of your side is just incredible to watch. And I thought Apicorosau won you the game. I thought he was unbelievable, God. annoyingly. He just, I don't know, he just has like, and he always seems to have great games against us. I don't know why, but he's just, he's so crafty. And when things aren't working, he seems to take things into his own hands. Um, like, I don't think Cleary like particularly played that well. And I don't think like Fisher Harris, I think we controlled him really well. And then, but it's like, you have so many points of attack and so many threats on the field that you can't stop all of them. And Appy was the one in this instance that stood up and and really drove that victory, I thought. I have to say, I thought it was a combination of Nathan and Appy. Um, I think that, you know, Nathan, like, didn't have, like, an Origin 2-level game in terms of try assists and, and that attacking flair. But what he did do was keep his calm, whereas every person on that team that wasn't Appy and Nathan were not calm in that first half. We saw... <laughs> Um, the Sharks bring some really uncharacteristic errors out of Dylan. He had a shocker of a first half. Um, Kakao doing stupid things. Um, 
Brian seemed, I was actually surprised. I looked at some stats and it looked like Brian had a good game, but I thought he was really well contained by Cronulla the whole game. Mm, um, I and I do think something that, um, actually, I have to admit, I think both teams, centres and wingers, who are, I think they're the best in the competition, each of them, um, were contained really well by the other team the whole game. Um, kind of took it out of the contest a little bit. But anyway, that's a bit of an off-track thing. But I do think Nathan and Uppy, both of them, mentally lifted us out of that. Um, Nathan had some good kicking options that kind of just, he wasn't trying to go for a Hail Mary play, um, which a lot of the other players seem to be doing. Um, but I agree entirely with Uppy. It stresses me out because I just think he's going to make such a difference not being there next year. Um, yeah. You know, because he does, he does this all the time. He does pull us out of bad spots and he may not be a Harry Grant style player where you can physically see him scoring tries and running amok on the field. But what he does silently is it's irreplaceable. A hot take. I mean, Harry Grant is no doubt exceptional, but I'd take Epi Coruscant nine out of 10 yeah. times hooker wise. Like right Harry now, Grant, absolutely. Yeah. Harry Grant is a good player and will be for a long time and will probably prove to be one of the great hookers, but he doesn't have that game management and he doesn't have the finesse in his game yet that I'd like players like Api and maybe, you know, Damien Cooks uh, when he's playing well and, um, a, you know, a bunch of others. But Appy's just like in this really sweet spot in his career right now where he knows his game, his, his con- combination with his teammates especially is great. They know exactly what he's going to do. He's so crafty and he's quick and he's powerful. Like he was the one I was worrying about all game. Like I felt, yeah. I felt like we contained Cleary quite well. I thought we contained Luai quite well for the most part besides obviously the last like two minutes. Um, and even Fisher Harris, like I thought he was like relatively in, not ineffective right. is probably the wrong word, but he was, I was never worried about him doing a big bustling run that was going to carry us 20 meters like he has in the past. It was, it was all Coruscant for me. Yeah. It's- Interesting what you were saying about the comparison of Grant and Coruscant because the now departed Victoria, um, she's gone to bed, by the way, listeners. She hasn't, you know, left me. Um, <laughs> um, Still with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, she, we were talking about it in the car on the way home about Appy Coruscant. And I was saying that I believe Harry Grant's best game is better than Api Korosau's best game. Mm. But mm-hmm. in general, over a 25-game season, hopefully 30 games if you go all the way, I think Api Korosau is the better player at the moment. I don't think yeah. it's very, there's much between it. And Harry Grant obviously has his ceiling much higher than what it is at the moment. And Appy's more than likely at his peak currently. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree that you'd probably take Api Korosau especially given the fact that he'd also be commanding less money. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, he's he's going to be a revelation for the Tigers, isn't he? He is. Oh, honestly, yeah. And I think if Papa Lee sticks with it and goes over there, he, the Tigers we're seeing this year won't be what we're seeing next year with Uppy there. Like, yeah. I think people forget and they really um, underestimate the fact that we came 10th in 2019, added Uppy and that's about it to the roster. And then mm. now here we are. Um, Dominant. The, the difference that he makes is ridiculous. And I think as well, um, and we say this a lot about our fullback on this podcast, and I actually think it's similar to Will Kennedy at Sharks as well. Um, sometimes you don't need the world's flashiest player. And I don't think Uppy is the flashiest hooker on the planet. But you find a player that does their role really well in that team, and it just kind of 
comes together in this perfect mix. And I feel that way about Dylan as well, even though he didn't have the world's best first half. And I look at players on your team as well, and I think you have that similar mix of players that are flashy and exciting, like Nico Hines and that sort of player and your wingers. Um, and then you have players like Will Kennedy. I was really impressed with Will Kennedy on the weekend. Um, I thought he was put under a lot of pressure by Cleary and he handled it quite well. Um, is he a player that is, do you like him being in your squad? Uh, so Will Kennedy has been probably overall poor for me this year in general. I think he's getting, he's been better the last few weeks. I thought he was really good on the weekend. Mm. Um, but to your point that you're making about um, like not the flashiest players around, like I was talking about this um, in one of the group chats earlier, like people like, you know, Lua gets a lot of stick for, he's not, he's not the best player in the world and he's arrogant, blah, blah, blah. But like he does his job for the team. And when you have a team, mm scattered with superstars you don't need to have 10 out of 10s in every position so like yeah. blue eye does his and he might not be great if he went to the tigers right but he does his job for the panthers he plays yeah. inside that structure and your team is structured so well that anyone can slip in and do a job that's why you're still successful when sauce comes in or when um who's the other the falls comes in because they just they just fill in the hole it's not a, it's not the the role the role isn't based on a player it's based on the position and that's why you guys are so good because it doesn't matter who's that's doing it. Obviously, it. obviously like Cleary's an outstanding player, but like Sauce can come in and do exactly what he does. Not as good, but the, the, the core of the style of play doesn't change. It's just a different exactly. guy and in I Jersey. Think that's where success comes from. That's where long-term success comes from. It's, and this is where, I mean, Vic's not on anymore, but I think this is where Parafolter, it seems to be a team full of individuals um, mm. and they seem to be out there for their, a little bit, for their individual gain a little bit. Whereas sometimes being a part of a team that's really successful, you're not always doing the most glamorous job. Luai in particular is a very selfless player. I think he's one of the most selfless players in the NRL. You'll never see him try and run it himself if there's somebody on his outside that can get it before him. Um, And I think that, yeah, if you're just willing to go out there and work really hard and do a job, like all our backs do the jobs of forwards basically by just trucking up and making those big meters, that's how the the successful teams form. And I actually do feel like I'm seeing it very similar in Cronulla at the moment, a very similar kind of um, fabric. Um, And I think that's a key part to why they've been so successful this year. It's not a team full of superstars. You have your few superstars, but everyone's just doing their job. Even players like Moylan, he's having the best season he's had since probably when he first started at Penrith. And Mm -hmm. he's pretty old. Like, he's pretty old. Do you know what I mean? He's not this glamorous superstar anymore. But that what is he's young Matt Moylan you're talking about. <laughs> he still looks about 10. But um, so he's playing his perfect support role with Hines. They both are, you know, letting each other do what they need to do when they need to do it. Um, there's no competition there in terms of who's going to do what. And I think we're seeing that kind of fabric for success come over to teams like the Cowboys and, and you guys and Brisbane even for that matter. Um, you don't have to lump it full of superstars, but it's just if everyone's doing their job and you've got a few X factors in there, you exactly. have got the recipe for success. And and good coaching obviously helps as well. Oh my well, good coaching is how you get there because good coaching helps you with the recruitment for that. You yep. can pick out players from reserve grades that they can see, hang on, he might not be the next Kalen Pong. Well, Kalen Pong is a bad example, but do you know what I mean? Like that <laughs> yeah, kind of exactly, yeah. hyped up sort of player, but you know, he might do a job. Um, and yeah. Fitzgibbon has had a phenomenal year. Um, like, you can't do much better, can you, for your first year as a first-grade coach? Like, this is incredible. Yeah, if, if the Sharks are, make we, the top four. 
we yeah i mean we are exceeding ex well, they're exceeding at least my expectations i mean i was hopeful i thought our ceiling was fourth so yeah. right now i'm like ecstatic and i like i had us probably five six seven if i was being realistic yeah. with the hope of a four if you know things went to place and we've you know we've been lucky and i know it's been pointed out several times online and in the media that we've been lucky with uh, like our draw and you know what have you but you're still no, gonna you win make those your games. own luck you probably watch yeah. in front of you that you know and at the end of the day like you find that media will say that you're lucky with the draw when you're sitting in fourth or third and everyone is below you naturally it looks like you've got this soft draw because you're better than everyone that just That's comes true. from being one of the top four teams yeah i mean at the end of the day you can't control the draw as well no. like and no one could have also predicted that the cowboys would have had like 800 players in origin so the year when yeah we were, I, we were all predicting them to come bottom four you know really i had them we've last. got three yeah I had yeah them last you two. did i had newcastle so i'm cheering but um, <laughs> we have i was thinking to myself the other day when when was the last time that we had three newcomers in the top four in one year i can't remember it you know usually it's like yeah. one um and the fact that this year we have it probably will end up being Cronulla, Cowboys and Brisbane. I thought Cronulla would make the eight. I didn't see them in the four. And I didn't think Brisbane and Cowboys would be in the top eight, full stop. So no. I love it personally. I mean, I love it the most because we're the, we're the constant. We're still there. If we yeah. weren't in the four, I'd hate it. But <laughs> um, really good scene. I love it. It's been, it's been boring. Like with, I know we've been winning and it's fun for us, but it's been the same six teams kind of doing for the past yeah. couple of years and everyone else has been terrible. And I feel like this year, it's the first time in a long time we have a battle for the four and we have a battle for the eight. So mm -hmm. I'm really excited by teams like Cronulla and Cowboys and Brisbane. Um, I'm really excited by it. And I can't wait to see the final series play out because I can't tell you who's going to win when we play Cronulla, Cowboys and Brisbane, you know? Um, and it really is. I actually think, I know we are eight points ahead of everybody, but I do really think it's anyone's game. I really do, because all it takes yeah. is one solid performance. You showed on the weekend that you guys can bring it. If you guys can double that effort and stick in it for 80 minutes, you can beat us, and you showed that. So I can't wait for this final series. I, I be, I'd be honest. I think in terms of on grand final day, I think the Sharks and the Eels are the two teams that are most likely to beat us in a grand final. But then I think their issue is beating some of those other teams to get there. Um, I, I have Brisbane in there obviously. actually too. I think Brisbane are a significant threat. Um, and the Adam Reynolds factor is in finals. Adam Reynolds in finals is probably what ticks me over to having Brisbane as a big threat as well. It would be funny I to mean, beat Adam Reynolds in two grand finals in a row. Again. Yeah. <laughs> two different teams. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's interesting as well because um, someone like the Cowboys, especially if they do end up being the team that finishes second and they get that advantage over, for example, perhaps the Sharks in round one. I could see them going to the grand final in straight sets, but mm. I don't really see the Cowboys beating us in a grand final at the moment. I agree. I completely agree. Um, I think that they would be a bit overawed by the experience where I feel like the Sharks yeah. are a bit steelier. Yeah. And we've seen what Parramatta can do when they have a single-minded focus. And then you're right with the Broncos they have they, they they have this young crop of exciting players but then they have like two proven premiership winners in Kurt Capewell and Adam Reynolds mm. that are great leaders for that team as well as a ridiculously elite player like um, Payne Haas 
I think as well, um, Cronulla are choosing, have timed their run really well. They yeah. had a moment uh, in the beginning of the season. I was like, remember, I think I, oh my God, that's where the they shit tweet came from. <laughs> um, when I was confused as to whether Cronulla were a good team or a bad team. Um, and there was a few moments where I was like, no, nah, they're pretending, but they've really timed it well. And they've, what they had five wins before they played us in a row against really decent teams. So they're being smart about it, you know, good timing. Yeah, we've been guilty of, um, you know, burning at the end. You know, 2018, mm. we, you know, had a fantastic year and just absolutely burnt out at the end and got smoked by the storm in the preliminary final. Um, and even 2016, we were absolutely disgraceful at the end of the year and just, you know, got that inspiring win at Canberra and then, you know, all of a sudden went down to win the comp. But, I mean, I think... I agree, Jack, with you. Like, just if, we, if we're going to talk about finals, I guess, for a second, like, I feel like the Cowboys can beat everyone in the top eight except you guys. I don't think they can beat you. Mm-hmm. I think they can beat everyone else. And I, I, I with, with Parramatta, I think they could beat you in a finals game, but I don't think they could beat you in the grand final. If they were to verse you in the, in the actual grand final, I don't think they could beat you. But if it was like a week two again or a preliminary, I could see it. I just don't think that really big, the ultimate stage, I think there's just too much pressure on those guys. And, you know, we've seen before Mitch Moses doesn't exactly handle pressure well. Um, yeah, I agree. But I think, yeah, I think your point, I guess, about the Cronulla, I don't, I think our struggle would be getting there. I think if we got there, we'd be a very good chance of whoever we verse, but I think getting there would be our problem. Um, same with Brisbane, I think. I think Brisbane, if they can get there, they're a big chance. I think Melbourne... Melbourne are gone for mine. I know that's like a huge statement to say, but I just think they've just lost too much and they're, they're struggling at the moment. I think mentally with, they've never experienced this before as a, as a club roosters, who, who knows with them, honestly, like they've got the players to do it. If they can make it, they can beat anyone. Um, and South uh, just depends what the troll does. If he plays well, they could win the comp. Yeah. I'm scared at the moment for South. Um, yeah. It's, Honestly, they were so bad four weeks mm. ago. They were bad, like real bad. <laughs> Worse than we've seen like, news. Laughably bad. Like I was like, <laughs> yeah, oh, this is so like, good. It was such a joy. I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> it was beautiful. And now he's come back and I'm like, what the hell, Latrell? Like, this is not meant to happen. <laughs> I know, now Walker's <laughs> playing well year. again. <laughs> yeah, Walker just coattails everybody else. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I have doubts is, over South yeah. still, I'll be honest. I think they could prove me wrong, but like I want them to show me it against one of the better teams. Well, um, we're versing them this week, so that'd be a good exactly. Test. That's the thing is this week's game wait for that. is a big test for them. Um, and for us, and to bounce you guys back, too, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially with now, yeah, the the possibility of a yeah a home final being on the line when a few weeks ago it was probably more about just making it to the top four. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's where, like, how we were talking about you guys timing your run really well. I see so many parallels between the Sharks this year and the Sharks in 2015, where yeah. it was like that finish to the year was so electric. And while they perhaps ran out of gas or maybe just weren't quite as experienced enough to get it done during the finals, you could tell that heading into the next year, like they were ready and they were going to be going for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I kind of get that vibe 
about you guys this year? Yeah, I do too. Um, I think I think we'll give it a good shake. I think I don't yeah. I don't think we can win it this year, but I've seen enough to be like, well, you know, stranger things have happened. We're better than most of the comp. Yeah. I still think we're I don't think we're we have to play 90% of our ability to beat you, which is not impossible, but that's like a that's a massive ask. Um, and that would probably require you playing, you know, 80 to 85%. Um, but everyone else, like I'm like, I go into every kind of game fairly positive i just think i just think this year it's just so it's still your massive window yeah. like you still be in your window for the next couple of years but this is like the end of that huge era of like oh Panther, penrith just rock <laughs> penrith yeah. are just so good yeah. it's Whereas, like, you, like yeah like happy yeah. going next year is a huge loss but like I, again I, like i don't want to okay i want to be arrogant here but, like, this is more dominant than even Melbourne Storm have been in the past couple of years at their best. Like, we've yes. lost seven games in three years. That is I, – I don't know if that's grasped entirely how ridiculous that is. Um, I, I agree, but I think Melbourne did it for long – have done it for a lot for longer. longer. There, so, yeah. I need to see another probably – I want to see another three years of this. Well, I just – I don't – I think – I thought this year would be the end of it. I, I thought this year, how the hell are they going to mentally get up after they – like, that final series last year was ridiculously exhausting. Mm. Um, yeah. And I just thought when you lose a grand final after a ridiculously good season and you come back and you win one, how do you get them up every week to keep having that desire? Because I actually think at the end of the day, desire got us there last year and mental strength. Um, and then they have. <laughs> so I kind of thought it'd be this year um, that it would ta- tail off. And I think perhaps the fact that Uppy's going next year and even Keeks, who's been in ridiculous form this year, um, means that it's going to open up. And I think to that end with Cronulla, if it's not this year, you're setting yourselves up for next year. It's very rare that a team just kind of bursts onto the scene and wins a premiership in that year. We didn't do it in 2020, even with such a solid year, because experience, that kind of thing, just kind of nips you in the butt at the end. Yeah. Whereas you're setting yourselves up for, you know, it could be next year. And that's exciting. That's so exciting. Like your players are kind of staying together. There's no reason why you can't replicate this next year. You just need to make sure it doesn't fall into the same trap as like Canberra. So Canberra had that window where they were awesome. And then they just never capitalised on that. I thought we would definitely see a premiership from them and that didn't happen um, around 2018, 2019. And then obviously Parramatta have been consistently in the eight for like 10 years and haven't made a prelim. (laughs) Yeah, so I think that's the (laughs) challenge for Cronulla is not following, you know, is capitalising on this because you guys have every opportunity to win a premiership, I think, in the next, if it's not this year, it should be 23 or 24. I, I always saw it as 24. Of, I probably saw like 23 is the first shot and then 24 you have to win probably yeah. by that year because like the spine is perfect, perfectly poised after another year together with Kennedy will have roughly 80 games to his name, 70, and then Blake will be nearly, yeah. or, nearly 100. Hines will be in the 70s. Moylan's, you know, the experience. And then you've got the Finucane and your McInnes guys who are your, you know, your leaders. That, that will dissipate not long after that. So you need to like, this next three years is crucial to get the comp in my eyes. Yeah, it is. For, for us. The kind of player who I think is going to be, I feel like he's been, he's become underrated because of a few dramas over the past few years and maybe a dip in form. I think Jesse Ramian is such an incredible player. I don't like, like, because like, obviously he stormed into the league and then had that move to Newcastle that didn't work. Was it Newcastle? Yeah, it was Newcastle. Yeah, Newcastle that didn't work out and all that stuff. 
but he's just quietly become, I think, one of the best centers in the game. I think he's awesome. Yeah. The shark centers at the moment and wingers, oh, so good. Yeah. The fact that, like, even someone like Connor Tracy was able to go in there and be as good as he was. Um, when he's not a natural. I think he's, I like Brian Tracy. Yeah. yeah. He's Mr. Fixer for us. I mean, but yeah. the guy averages like 150 meters a game and he's a 5'8 yeah. playing center yeah. wing. Yeah. Like, oh, and, and he's done like his ACL too. three times as well. But I love that style. I mean, you may have guessed it because my favorite player is Dylan Edwards, but I love that style of player. I love that less fancy, goes out there and does a fantastic job, really hard working sort of player. And Connor Tracy is one of those. And yeah. you win, you win well, comps with those players too. You do. Yes. You do. You know, I'm a sucker for a workhorse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's just the best. It's like you can have your turbos, you can have your Tedesco's. Let us have our workhorses. You can, yeah, I want, <laughs> can tell I, that, I'm a Kay McInnes guy. Yeah, you can tell that yeah. both, of our, both our coaches like those types of players too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you see, like, when you, when you listen to Cleary talk, it's always about the numbers, guys. Like, he's always about mm. Fisher-Harris, and he, like, he loves Isaiah Yo. I mean, why wouldn't you? Like, he's incredible. Mm. And he's always talking about his yardage men. Like, he's talking his toes and his maze and, to- um, like, all those guys who, like, they roll this. And, but both of our sides do that. Like, both of us have yeah. our, our wingers and centers who give you a lot of meters. And that, that it works so well because it gets gives your big man a rest, obviously, but it all makes, makes them mean uh, – sorry, it, it means they don't have to walk – back as far they don't have to run yeah. back as far when the, it your, changes your the game completely yeah, exactly that was that was so evident i know it was ages ago now but round one when we pumped manly it was the most simple game plan of we would bomb to Saab and tackle him as soon as he got the ball so he didn't make those meters because turbo would go in for that next hit up and not be able to make as many meters because he's not quite built like that and then it was mm-hmm. on the forwards to get back and do yep. that. And it just tied them out and they got worse and worse as the game went on. And that is where I think in big games where it becomes almost as much about attrition and just yep. being there as it is about skill, that's where a team like the Sharks, I think, have it over a team like the Cowboys. Because like the Cowboys, don't get me wrong, they're not exactly lacking in that department, but maybe they don't quite have the right mentality yet for it. And I think... Mm. Uh, a disappointment in the finals for them this year might steal them for that next year, just like how I think the Sharks losing to Penrith on the weekend has made them a better team going into the back end of the season. Yeah. I mean, I was talking, to, I was at the pub with a, a Panthers mate and we, I ran into another guy I knew there and he was saying a good, a good day for you guys is to not get smashed and be in it for 80 minutes. And I was like, totally agree. Obviously you want to win every game. Yeah. But I thought next to winning, and maybe even and this sounds really like like pathetic, but I thought maybe that's possibly the best thing that could have happened to us, even over winning, yeah. was being in that game, losing, mm. and having the hunger and the knowledge that we can beat you, and that like that will drive us. To, and not that you guys would underrate us next time, because you would definitely be like, oh shit, like the sharks can play. But mm. I think it gives us more hunger to be like, we know we can do it, but we need to be better. Whereas mm. I think if we'd beaten you. And would have worked the other way with Penrith. Like, there's no way we're losing these guys again. Yeah, I agree. It's like you kind of you tip off into what what lost it for you. Yeah. Um, and I think while we can definitely use that first half as a good like, okay, what can we improve upon? It probably would have been better if we did lose. I mean, it's not a surprise we haven't lost since that para loss this year. 
we picked mm-hmm. up on what we needed to do and we've done it ever since. Um, so I think it is it is really good from you guys. Um, I will say one thing about Penrith, which I am quite proud of, is that I do feel like we respect all our opponents equally. Um, you don't see us turn like half turn up for games, I feel. Absolutely. I do think that we definitely have gears, right? So we might stay in a certain gear for a certain team, which is we're not like, you know, the Melbourne Storm of old where they would beat teams by 60. We're not really yeah. like that. But I do believe that we we never turn up to a game thinking we're just going to win it. Um, so I, I it's just going to be the best final series. I can't wait. Yeah, I think the Titans game was the best example of that where we weren't yeah. very good, but we still made the efforts. Yeah, we got there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's my favorite aspect too. We've been we've been pretty poor actually in that period that you're talking about. We lost a few games, and even when we were winning, we were really poor. And I was really dissatisfied with that performance. But the important thing is that we still won. You bank yeah. those points, and then you can learn from those mistakes. And I think we're paying, we're getting that now. We're, we're we've got the the wins in the bank, and now we're like, okay, we because you you do win a lot more from you learn a lot more from your losses, right? Like. Okay. Yeah. And but if you can still learn things from ugly wins, take those lessons. And I think Fitz is really good at that. Yeah. Um, and I think we're going to get us so much out of that game. I think he. I think he was fairly happy with the performance. Without the, with the lack the lack of execution was what pissed him off. And that was that was for me the only thing that I was really annoyed by was our execution. Yeah. And the errors were not good in that. They let you down no. in the second half yeah. as well. Yeah, that I mean, errors, it's very difficult to win games with a huge, I think yours were 15 yeah. out of 13. Six, so six as much as it wasn't good, yeah, it wasn't a great in terms of the quality, but it did still feel like a really good game. Um, I think, yeah, the comments that you just mentioned about how, like, you might have the ugly wins, but you're still winning the games that you should win. And I think that that's going to prove so integral towards this end of the season because we have teams like Parramatta and the Roosters as an example where they've lost games they should win and it might cost them the eight. Um, yep. And you know what, last year and the year before, you could afford to do that because literally you make the eight by process of elimination. There were six good teams. The other two teams were just in there making up the numbers. So if you're one of those good teams, you could afford to drop some of those games. This year, it's turned on its head. It's way more competitive. You have to be winning those games that you should be winning. And I've I've seen Cronulla do that this year and the Cowboys and Brisbane. And it's what's going to help them towards this, this end of the year. It's funny how those teams are the top four, right? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) there it is. (laughs) But I feel like it's just really deserving this year. And not that I feel like it, you know what, actually, I have to say that in the past couple of years, I feel like it's just, it has been just like six teams that are good and they haven't been in the best form. They haven't been playing that well, but they're just there because everyone was woeful around them. Whereas this year, I feel like everyone has really earned their spots, especially towards that top end. I really do feel like that top four, top five, I probably use keep, keep Melbourne in that are very clear um, in terms of they're deserving to be there than the others. Yeah, it's like in previous years, you could almost tell what the first two weeks of the finals like mm. were gonna fixtures were going to be. Like seventh and yeah. eighth, we're going to leave. And then the next week, fifth and sixth, we're going to get knocked out by third and fourth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which you just don't have that this year. And no, if that happened, if the, comp, if the finals were right now, literally you could be you could make an argument for every single type of result. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's why I was going to do a poll the other day. What will the grand final be? I'm like, I can't think of four options. I can't think of four better options than than the others. Like, there are so many mixtures that it could be. Yeah, it's 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 a very positive compared to what we've seen recently. And as I said, the best part is we're still better than everyone. 
<laughs> it is, yeah, you still got the confidence knowing you, you it's in your hands. If you play yeah, your exactly. best football, you can't be beaten. Yeah. Yeah, I probably wouldn't be loving this as much if I'm like a Storm Roosters Rabbitohs fan. <laughs> but um because they're the ones copying the the slide, but we're loving it. <laughs> All right, guys, we have a few minutes left, so I'll do uh, like an outro and, yeah, and then we can all go off to bed. Love it. Cool. Okay, thank you for joining us for another episode of Big Cat Chat Podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us, Josh. Um, it's been lovely to have you on. Well, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed myself. It was good to talk all things footy with you guys. Yeah, Um I know you love talking footy. You're, you're just about the only person who goes on podcasts as a guest more than Biggest Tiger himself. Um, <laughs> yeah, I hope Sam doesn't think I was cheating on him by jumping on here tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a regular on the Shark Cast. Um, if anyone just likes listening to footy podcasts, I really recommend the Shark Cast. Like, I don't necessarily like the Sharks and I listen to it all the time, um, which is a bit weird, I think, but. You know, if anyone else is weird, go out there and do that. Um, if you want to follow us on our socials, you can find us on Instagram at Big Cat Chat and on Twitter at Big Cat Chat Pod. Um, yeah, thank you very much for listening. It has been a long one. It is almost 11 p.m. We're going to go off to bed now. Um, thank you, Vic, for joining us earlier in the episode. Um, she's probably snoring right now. Um, and she's not going to be happy that I said that. Um, but <laughs> yeah, thank you, everyone. Thanks, guys. Hampers, hampers, hampers. Sports Best Friends would like to thank you for listening right to the end. You are our kind of people. Find other great sports podcasts in our family by subscribing. And remember, Social media isn't a bad place, you just need to follow the right people.